wondering to yourselves, where has Dane and Chris been? Well, to answer your questions, we had shit to do. You know, between vacationing and and, 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 and and sickness, Wrestling Geeks Alliance was on a little bit of a hiatus. But don't you worry. During that time period, we still reflected and talked to each other, at least about wrestling. And because of that, we got a great show for you guys today where me and Chris are just going to shoot the shit and talk about wrestling. We got all sorts of things to talk about. How AEW is having a great time with Tony and, and all of their friends uh, – on the outside suspended, and then how WWE's doing their same thing, but a little bit better. It's a, it's, it's going to be a great show. Uh, apologize about the uh, time off, but we had some stuff to do, and, uh, you know, we have to be here when we're at our best. So this is the best time for me and, and, and Christopher Brother Ray Patton to talk, and he'll back me up on this because I'm introducing him right now, actually. Chris, how you doing? Uh, I'm old and tired. I'm fucking hurt, and I work with a bunch of children. Uh, <laughs> no, that sounded familiar. Uh, uh, I'm all right, man. I, I'm getting over the flu, which is part of the reason we missed the show last weekend. So apologies if I am sniffly to anyone out there listening. But uh, outside of that, you know, busy week at work and uh, some good wrestling and shit to watch. But uh, I watched that Dahmer show. That was pretty fucking good. Enjoyed that. But uh, it was mostly just laying in bed for me this past week. Just still, like I said, just still trying to recover from the flu. So uh, how about you, Dane? How you been, buddy? Well, I had uh, last weekend and last week um, previous before that uh, for my uh, cousin's wedding in Massachusetts. No, it didn't last a whole week, but I'm from there. So I was, uh, you know, with my uh, fellow Bastonians uh, for like a portion of that time, having a good time over in Boston and in some of their, uh, you know, their their little cities outside of which. Um, and uh, yeah, I watched uh, almost all of Dahmer. I, I got to the last episode. And uh, I mean, what a fucking show, man. Uh, in, incredible performance from Evan Peters. Um, I forgot what the name of the actress that's from um, Reno 911, but she is incredible in it. Um just a really fucked up show. That's all I gotta say. It's not a happy show, and there's no happy ending. Yeah, I think that she's fucking the standout. Evan Peters was great. I think that the character of Dahmer is maybe a little easier to play than the character that she was portraying, which is his next door neighbor. Um, fucking great all around. Good casting. I think the uh, Lionel, which is Dahmer's dad, which is uh, fucking. The stepdad and stepbrothers. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he, he was, was in Cabin in the Woods, right? Right, yeah. And uh, Molly Ringwald, holy shit, still still stunning. I love you, Molly. If you happen to be a wrestling fan and listening to this, uh, I will still go on a date with you. I'm, uh, my open invitation, slide into my DMs. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's... it's sure I think, love that. Uh, she knows. It's like a hall pass, <laughs> kind of with molly ringwald <laughs> every time molly ringwald hit the hit the screen i'm like i fucking love molly ringwald she's like i know chris god damn it um no a great show really i think one of the best Dahmer tales i've seen honestly from all the movies and all the documentaries it i think they did the best job of putting all of the information about that case um and sh- not only that but showing the victim side of things in a manner that made a little bit more sense. And like, uh, I won't say too much about the last episode, but 
uh, kind of what happened to that property after the fact and, and just the treatment of that property by the city of Milwaukee. Um, yeah, just good shit. Really great show. Highly recommend it for anyone. Well, I mean, if you're sensitive to one of the most notorious serial killers of all time, it might not be your thing. But uh, if you like a thriller type show with, you know, ties to what actually happened in real life, that's one of the best I think I've ever seen. It was really, really well done. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't even know a lot of this information. I want to blame all the uh, women in my life uh, for some of these documentaries on Netflix that I've watched in the past because it's either been recommended or I was dating someone that wanted to watch something. And honestly, you know me, Chris, I love horror movies, but when you get in even the series, since it was depicted, that stuff doesn't bother me even to a level compared to actual fucking documentaries and audio of the serial killers in jail talking. That's uh spooks me out a hell of a lot more but um, I have seen, especially with this case, and we don't have to make this obviously like a whole entire thing about Jeffrey Dahmer. I just find him fascinating because I kind of tend, even though he doesn't believe it, I kind of tend to believe that the, the, the situation where he got the hernia and he was accidentally under uh, anesthesia for too long uh, and his dad believed that complicated something in his brain because he never acted the same way. He is a very strange case because there's so much fucked up shit involved in the whole entire case. Uh, the the fact that basically Milwaukee did not recognize any of the residents' complaints because it was in you know a a, a bad area of town. They didn't take any of their accounts, and it was ba- basically fucking pretty racist the way they reenacted. But with Dahmer himself, most serial killers are narcissists when they get caught they're like like they're like if, if you knew anything about um what's his name um oh uh the the, the one that zach efron played i can't think of him right now off the top of my head um, like the Richard ramirez the night stalker would be a good example of kind of no 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 uh, not ted bundy Ted Bundy put on performances, had people enthralled with him in his court case. He didn't have any level of uh, – like Jeffrey Dahmer actually wanted to get caught. He felt bad about what he did. So it's such a weird degree when it comes to serial killers since most of these guys are just narcissists that are completely okay with what they've done. They don't have any type of remorse. You know what I'm saying? It's such a weird situation with Jeffrey Dahmer. And a lot of people think he's like Hannibal Lecter. It's like, no, this guy was kind of a pussy and, you know, kept on succumbing to whatever the fuck was fucked up in his head. Uh, He wasn't intelligent like Hannibal Lecter. There's been definitely serial killers that were a little more brighter. But this is a great way to start off the show, just talking about this type of stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a uh, it's it's definitely a weird one. And, you know, they they touch on all of the different things that potentially could have went wrong, but there's no like right or wrong or guaranteed answer. And, and the study of the brain uh, was never really done on Dahmer, though. I think that they did a good job of touching on that. You know, that could have not shown us anything because we're just not there yet with science and especially back then. But um, yeah, kind of kind of fucking wild, like when they're talking about how much how many pills and shit his mom was on while she was pregnant with him, for instance, like how does that affect a, a child's development in the brain? And there was, you know, they touch on all that stuff, but they also touch on the fact that, you know, maybe he was just fucking evil and maybe people are born evil. Um, 
it was it's interesting it was a uh very good show i think very well done evan peters was great in it uh and i, I apologize for not knowing her name but uh the, Nisi the, nash yeah, who plays Glinda, his his neighbor, was fucking great in it. It is crazy. They show how many times this guy should have been caught throughout the show and kind of slipped through the radar. And I think Ryan Murphy they delivered treatment someone of, back to him. They delivered a 14-year-old victim back to him. And I knew that beforehand, but them showing it, it was just like, wow. They really just yeah. didn't think anything of these residents around here. They just didn't it's give a shit. It's fucking wild. And I mean, unfortunately, you know, I think that they were really trying to drive home that point of maybe police treatment of, of white males uh, versus the African-American community. I think they did a good job of kind of showing that, but also just the entire situation. I will say one of the most unsettling things I've seen in any show or horror movie uh, was the scene with John Wayne Gacy, uh, which is like a flashback scene. That shit was. Uh, it kind of makes you wonder if they're going to do that next because they kind of set this up where, cause it's, it's like Dahmer and the, the codename is like monster. I wonder if they're going to do multiples of these with various serial killers, but that one was uh wild. And then kind of when they go into Ed Gein, when they talk about Ed Gein in the show and show his house and shit, that was also kind of <laughs> very unsettling. Um, but yeah, great, great show. That's kind of the only new thing I watched outside of wrestling. Yeah, me too. Um, I've been definitely watching movies and stuff like I always do, but and definitely crunching in on some uh, some horror movies. But uh, man, uh, that was definitely the uh, Ryan Murphy really good with television. Uh, him and Evan Peters always work very well together. So you know, all American Horror Story that I've seen, Evan Peters has always stood out. He's an excellent actor. Um, I'm hoping, I mean, there's only one last episode. I'm hoping there's an Emmy nomination in his future for next year, uh, for this series. I would think so. Same with, same with Nisi. You would have to think so just based on how, I mean, like I said, this is the best thing I've seen show wise in, in quite a while. I think it's, it rang true to the source material and it was acted very well. And, uh, it's one of those things that you can easily taken a weird direction like what they did with my friend Dahmer I don't know if you saw that it's it's kind of the story has kind of become legend at this point so a lot of the retellings of the Dahmer stuff you're getting more focused on Dahmer less on the actual crimes committed it, it more of a glorification of the serial killer and I think this did a good job of not doing that which kind of is is why I'm so impressed with it and that and just like I said the acting from from a lot of characters, not just uh, Evan Peters, but it, it was just a great show. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, we also watched some other television, uh, Chris, this last couple weeks. Uh, a little bit of uh, professional wrestling. Um, man, I mean, I know we were busy and we both had reasonings, you know, sickness with you, traveling with me, but we definitely missed some uh, some some big stuff in the last two weeks, I would say. Lots yeah, of uh, two, lots of aggressive uh, personalities out there in the uh, ethers and stuff. Yeah, um, I don't know. Do we want to talk about a little bit about the actual pay-per-views themselves before we dive into this fucking clusterfuck of a press conference? <laughs> See, the thing is, I don't. Did we 
did we talk about this last show? I think we covered the pay-per-view. I just don't think we I, covered what happened afterwards and how bad it went. Um, I don't. I really don't recall. I, I do. Okay. Well, then quickly, I'll just say this: Walter versus Sheamus was easily the best thing I've seen in the past two months, and the Cardiff pay-per-view was better than the AEW pay-per-view. I, I think you're right. Actually, yeah. Now that you're reflecting upon it, the thing is, I swear to God, I, I thought we talked about this whole entire CM Punk thing the last time, but. I don't know, maybe we rushed, rushed through the pay-per-views, but there were some great matches that weekend. I, I really enjoyed that one being the number one uh, with Sheamus and Walter, and apparently they're coming to blows next week, which should be an awesome rematch. Really looking forward to that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I the Acclaimed, who had a, a, a wonky second match, I'll say in New York this last week, but the Acclaimed and um, Swerve Strickland and uh, Mr. Um, Oh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Glory. Uh, fuck. Um, Keith Lee. <laughs> Keith Lee. Yeah. Uh, that match was incredible. Um, I thought that the Seth Rollins uh, match that he had um, was also great. Um, I'm really enjoying a lot of stuff within wrestling. Uh, it's too bad about a lot of the, uh, the, the other stuff. I'll just say that. That happened uh, afterwards. Because the main event, I'll say it, um, it was a fine match, but uh, we got to a certain place with CM Punk winning, and then it just went to fucking shit right afterwards. Yeah, I mean, well, it kind of went to shit in the match. CM Punk uh, does a tope, tears his fucking elbow to pieces, right? Um, Finishes the match. They have a decent match. They finish the match. He gets the win, which I... We de- I, we definitely did predictions of the show, and uh, I think me and you were kind of hoping for something else, um, which they set up earlier in the show by having MJF return and, and win the poker chip. I was like, okay, here we go. Let's turn this thing into a three-way that'll get you out of having to put the belt back on Punk. Um, thought that's where they were going. That's not where they went. Punk straight wins the title, injures himself. So even if you take away this press conference, Punk is going to be would have been gone for eight months for this surgery. So we still end up in the same situation we are now, which kind of makes you wonder. And what I was saying, I wouldn't take the fucking belt off Moxley. And here we are. Moxley is your champion again, after this title tournament. Um, But it leads into this press conference, which uh, overshadows the return of MJF changes the entire storyline, which would have, I'm assuming where they were going next was punk and MJF. Um, but he would have been injured, so who the fuck knows what they would have done. I think you would have, we would have still been in a similar situation regardless. But uh, holy shit, is this the wildest thing we've seen in wrestling in a long time? Yeah, and uh, a lot of emotions uh, within the press conference. Uh, a lot of issues, even outside of Punk, that's been coming out with certain wrestlers uh, involved in the organization, uh, notably Malachi Black, who had what looks to be his last match in AEW, uh, even to the live crowd saying goodbye to them at the pay-per-view. Um, someone, I mean, this happens in WWE all the time, and people higher up seem to be pissed off if you hear from a Triple H or someone like that. Um, information's getting leaked. Now, unfortunately, probably due to their relationship with Dave, I would assume a lot of people maybe know or are at least assuming that involves the Young Bucks. Um, and that's kind of where a lot of this comes from, uh, which is crazy because here's the thing. 
Like I know the 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 situation where Adam Page said his promo that pissed off CM Punk. They have their match. They're able to work together. Obviously, shit was said, but you know. And then we hear that they're all camp, you know, Colt Cabana or whatever. This this is CM Punk's uh, telling of the story, I should say, and that this whole entire narrative that we've heard that the reason why Cabana is now a part of Ring of Honor, which is not really anything, but still employed, is because of a request from CM Punk to Tony. And uh, this gets addressed pretty much immediately out of nowhere at the fucking press conference. And uh, Punk lets everyone know that uh, not only is he not friends with Colt Cabana, he has not been friends with them since 2014. He thinks it's fucking ridiculous that apparent journalists calling out the people in front of him, basically. Uh, I thought Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. was going to piss his pants when he went after him initially. Because <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Nick or his reporting. He usually kind of like pisses off Tony with the question that's like, all right, man, like, you think he's going to fucking answer that? Like, just to be that guy. But hey, that's at least a little bit better uh, journalistic integrity than kissing ass. But I will say Nick just asked him like a, a normal question. He's like, oh, so uh, who are you friends with? Oh, yeah, that's right. I know who you're friends with. You're from Chicago. Nick, you're friends with Colt Cabana. You guys aren't friends anymore. Oh, that's crazy. You know, just like kind of ripping into him and just going on this thing. And, and, and the worst thing, Chris, I'll pass it back to you. Who the fuck is right next to him but the owner of the goddamn company? And it's going to be so horrible just realizing, oh, shit, this is all going down this way. And, and besides Chris Jericho, a lot of that with the, uh, with the wrestlers did not go well for Tony. And by the end of it, he was so twitchy-eyed, he went off on a fucking tangent about if uh, WWE fucks with him one more time by uh, trying to throw a pay-per-view his weekend, he, he, he'll, he'll get them. So uh, all in all, just a great night. And of course, there was a brawl afterwards where everyone got suspended, and we uh, don't know what the hell is going on, uh, except for that CM Punk might be done with AEW. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's so wild. I mean, he he goes after Houseman and kind of sets him up like he was ready to slam dunk on his ass. And Houseman's like, well, I'm not really friends with Colt Cabana either. Uh, and then he's like, oh, you're not. And then pauses, but then continues his fucking rant like it was all planned. Whatever Punk was going to say. Right. Dude, uh, did you like that part? Even though Nick Houseman didn't even he didn't even ask any question concerned with Colt Cabana. My favorite part is when Tony's like, I should have I should have, you know. Got in front of that question from Nick, blah, blah, blah. And literally, CM Punk tells his boss, it's not it's not your it's not your concern. This is my concern, basically. Like, I'm trying to run a business here. So, whoa, Punk, what the fuck? That's your boss. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, if that was if that was if that was Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff, fucking Gabe Sapolsky, so many other owners, and no offense to Tony, he's just always been a nice guy when it comes down to it. But I think that's at his his fault right now. If that was anyone else, Conan for AAA. Uh, all right, it's over. Sorry, guys. Press conference is over. I need to talk to my champion. I'm like, that should have happened. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think there is definitely better ways that he could handle it, and I think maybe in his mind he was like, okay, I the, the entire time this is unfolding, he's like, I'm gonna be able to run this into a story. Right. I'll be able to turn this into some sort of storyline. We'll 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 let it roll because he does that and he wants wrestlers to speak their minds and kind of be themselves on these press conference to give an element of realism. This is the problem with that, though, is that 
things can get taken a little too far. I don't know that I would let someone talk to me like that, that I was paying $5 million, $6 million a year to. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, you're the fucking owner of the company. You should, you should say something. But uh, I think this is part of – Tony is a fan of these guys, right? He's a fan of wrestling. And this kind of comes into the territory, which a lot of people have given him criticism for. Uh, when you're when you're a fan, how do you put that aside and and be the Vince McMahon type that can uh, be an asshole? Which is kind of what Tony Khan's going to have to do at some point, especially you run into situations like this. I mean, Puck called out pretty much the entire media. Uh, he didn't really say anything to Meltzer directly, but it was definitely noted that. The leaks or Brian supposedly the Bucks had said um, <clears throat> were they were leaked through Meltzer or whatever. And Meltzer just came out and said they haven't said anything to me about Cole Cabana or he just came out after and said that. And he's like, I probably should have said something during this press conference. And I was like, well, like you and all of the media, except for Alvarez, fucking didn't say anything to this guy running you down. I think Alvarez is the only one that spoke up. Uh, because Punk called him out saying he was a little mad at him uh, for, I guess, bringing up the hangman thing. But if you go back and listen to the full Alvarez podcast, all he did was like, I'm sure Punk has his side of the story, but it's unprofessional to go out regardless when you're the top guy in the company and take like basically call a baby face a coward, which we talked about on the show as well. Um, it, when when you know there's not going to be a rebuttal because it puts the company in a bad situation, uh, which CM Punk further did with this promo. And you feel for CM Punk a little bit. You know that there was there's definitely a subset that thinks that he fucked over Colt Cabana a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like this shit was all settled in court years ago. Like two years ago, this is done. He paid Colt Cabana. That should be the end of it. We don't know if... CM Punk is the reason this guy went to uh, the, in, the Colt Cabana is now officially with Ring of Honor. Uh, at the end of the day, does it really matter? Colt Cabana is a fucking low card wrestler that was part of the Dark Order. No, I don't think it did. I think that, you know, I'm just going to. I think the whole situation was overblown. I think that there were pretty much sides taken in the back. I know that there has been an aggravation level towards Adam Page, not just from CM Punk, but from older wrestlers because of an interview that he did recently, which CM Punk did reference in that thing about how Page doesn't like taking advice from some of the older wrestlers. Like he likes to do it his way and he'll listen, but he still at the end of the day knows what he's doing or he's confident, whatever, you know, kind of arrogant but still at the point where it's like i don't even think that adam page is that big of a deal to make this whole entire situation what it was because inevitably you have four of your biggest stars now all we don't know what three of them are evps uh one of them is the biggest money maker in the company and the champion they get an altercation people try to break it up including you know we've heard bite marks and and whatnot from different people involved with the fucking brawling um yeah i don't think punk's coming back and i I, i'm even assuming that i I heard kenny was pissed he went to uh since he's suspended he couldn't uh represent 
like at that video game convention, like the he couldn't actually talk about the video game. He was just there to like observe. He couldn't actually be a part of AEW's presentation for it because of his suspension. So, and uh, what, what, there was also that thing about Bucks are putting feelers towards um, WWE. I don't know if that's true or not, but that this is just a fucking crazy situation, man. This is this is, and who's involved in it? I'm sorry, to, I hate to say it, CM Punk. Yeah, I mean it's it's who all was in this backstage brawl. We had the the Bucks, um, we had Kenny Omega, we had CM Punk, Ace Steel, we had a dog, uh, Pat Buck and, and and Christopher Daniels that try to break it up, and uh, Nakazawa and um, and uh, Brandon Cutlet. Those are all the people, and also Ace Steel's wife who had a broken leg and was taking care of Larry that was in the uh, locker room. So those are all the people that were involved in this. And so this thing got really dangerous. I mean, fucking Ace Steel threw a goddamn chair at someone's head and gave them a legitimate concussion. This was Stop not Nick out. That's fucked up. This so, is not a typical fight between two. This is not Jericho and Goldberg uh, grappling each other in the back. This sounds like it was a fucking brawl. Punk seems or from most of the accounts, Omega seems like he was trying to break up the fight. Uh, and got <laughs> bit by a still. <laughs> I'm assuming, uh, I mean, this is putting things together, but it makes sense for where there was recently from the convention, you saw a picture of him in short sleeves. He had a giant bite mark on his arm, but was on his like inner forearm near like, you know, like towards the middle. I'm assuming what happened was a steel probably for whatever reason, I don't know if his wife was freaking the fuck out and there's a dog there freaking out and shit like that. And CM Punk's having his confrontation with, whoever the bucks and whenever anything breaks out a steel when he gets in there and then throws a chair at nick i'm assuming kenny went and fucking tried to like maybe choke his ass out or fucking at least bring him to the ground or something like that and got bit that's where i'm assuming that happened but this got out of control it sounds like yeah and you know what all parties should be suspended you're fucking you're running a goddamn wrestling company not this is it's a bunch of fucking high schoolers really is what this should should they have waited to talk to tony and then approach the situation the next day since they were evps i tony should have realized that something was going to set off when punk said like if you got something to say come fucking find me in the press conference which rick flair put him over for and he says i wonder if he learned that from harley it's it's like well i mean i get it but you can't do that in modern wrestling society you can't have fucking people <laughs> meleeing in the back um it's just a fucking weird thing i mean, it's one of those wrestling stories i think people will talk about years to years to come so they all made a name for themselves for better or for worse i think it you know obviously i think it helped the past two weeks of ratings i think mjf being back also helped um they're over 1 million like 1.2 million on their on dynamite it didn't help rampage at all uh past few weeks but you know that's it's rampage but uh yeah it's fucking it's crazy and sounds like cm punk's contract's getting bought out which is was gonna have to be a necessity because if he gets fired there's room for a wrongful termination suit uh, yeah. depending on how this fight actually started, which we haven't heard, they're still doing internal investigations. And I don't know if we're ever going to get a real story on this. If, if punk's contract gets bought out and they sign NDAs or 
whatever the hell happens, I, I don't know that we'll ever hear what exactly happened. There's various stories from both sides. Um, I'm not saying one side is right or wrong. I do think that Punk doing the press conference the way he did poured gasoline on a fucking fire. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's CM Punk, you know, like that's what, that's what you get with CM Punk to some extent. He's not, he's, he's known as kind of a, a shit starter. Um, yep. This goes back years and years. I mean, going back to, to uh, even the TNA days uh, on Jeff Jarrett's pot. Or, no, it was a uh, Dutch Mantel's podcast. He was talking about a fucking fight that punk had with a uh, God. I want to say Kevin Nash back in like 2000. It, whenever the hell he was in TNA at like a Nashville fairgrounds thing. Like this goes, uh, no, no, it wasn't him. It was a uh, fucking who was. Uh, it's one of the one of the hearts. I can't. Which one's the crazy one? <laughs> he gets arrested Her. all the time. The oh, Hart Teddy family. Hart. Yeah, he he got into a fight with him. Like it back. At, I mean, this is he powder keg situations a lot of times, and this would have been back hell even before he was a big star. Um, you know, he's almost gotten into fights with Kevin Owens and Ring of Honor. Like, it seems like CM Punk is just <laughs> Kevin Owens. I love, uh, and who knows? I, I have to. I just had to cut you off because I remember this. Kevin Owens is great because at, while this is all happening, he's obviously friends with the Young Bucks. He posts a picture, and I think he just tweeted as reminder, and it was a picture of him and Austin from WrestleMania this last year, which a lot of people depicted as. Hey, this guy's fighting with my friends over there. Oh, it's, he never got a main event over at WrestleMania. Oh, I got the fight Stone Cold Steve Austin, which he really, really wanted. To. I felt like it was like that South Park episode with like the cable companies where they open up their nipples and start like, you know, um, if no one knows what I'm talking about, this sounds really cool. It's South Park. Don't worry about it. But they start rubbing their nipples like, oh, that doesn't benefit you. Oh, that's so terrible. But KO had to have done that for a specific reason. I don't see him. <laughs> just randomly putting that there since we know he doesn't like punk. Yeah. And the reason he doesn't like punk is, uh, he wrestled in a t-shirt and punk fucking went off on him, even though it was cleared with ring of honor back in the day. And they almost had like a backstage brawl. There's shoot interviews out there. If you guys want to, it's a Kevin Steen shoot interview where he talks about it. And the fact that those two don't necessarily see eye to eye either. Uh, but you know, punk in the, pro- he, he, Punk makes it seem like he is the biggest star in wrestling, um, which kind of hard to be the biggest star when you're not even on the biggest show. But uh, there's a reason why Roman Reigns is number one on that PWI list. That being said, you know, it was really fucking funny. Like, he's like, I, I had the biggest pay-per-view. And Kevin Owens is like, fucking, I headlined WrestleMania with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I do think that was a little deliberate. <laughs> Just WrestleMania is a bigger pay-per-view. <laughs> oh yeah, um, and we all know Punk's one of it. He wanted to have that feud with Stone Cold. Stone Cold wasn't really feeling it. They did that little video game promotion thing with Jr. that never went to anything. And then he also obviously wanted to headline WrestleMania. <laughs> and Kevin Owens did both things in one night, and arguably yeah. had the biggest moment of WrestleMania this last year, even if he lost. Right. I mean, well, everyone knew he was going to lose, right? Like, he's not going to beat S- Steve Austin in Texas at Steve Austin's comeback match. Like, that was not... <laughs> I don't think anyone had that illusion of what was going to happen. But, uh, it, yeah, it's it's f- 
fuck the whole situation is weird. I mean, if you're getting if it's me, and obviously I'm a different person than CM Punk, and I'm getting paid six million, you know, five, six million dollars a year, top paid person in AEW easily. Uh maybe none of this shit matters to me. Like, why do you care the opinions of these three or four people? You know you're gonna be booked as a main event guy. Really nothing they can say is going to fucking change that. Um at some point, you know, you're you're what what how old is punk like 43 44 i feel like you're you should be at this point in your life you should just not give a fuck about (laughs) about his weird (laughs) another personality involved in that was commenting on his his comments about being old and beat up at 43 and kevin ash like look i know i didn't take a bunch of bumps but dude you're only 40 fucking three so like if you were that beat up, why'd you come back to wrestling a year ago? <laughs> that's a good point from Kevin. But God, this is that's one thing. It's very polarizing. I want to talk about to kind of end this conversation. We have the punk camp and we'll talk about that of what is going to happen possibly with him after all this, even though I don't think either one of us have an accurate answer. And then the Young Bucks and, and Kenny Omega. I'm not really worried about Michael knock it the fuck out and, uh, you know, Brandon Cuttlefish. Not really worried about them. I'm sure they were breaking it up and weren't really a part of it. Same thing goes for Pat Buck, Christopher Daniels. Um, Ace Steel's done. I mean, there's nothing coming. I don't, it doesn't matter if his wife was in there and there was probably a lot of emotions. He is someone that works in the back and he threw a fucking chair at one of the EVPs. So he's not coming back from this. Um, Punk looks like there's a buyout of the contract. Like I said, we'll talk about Punk next. But the EVPs themselves, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. Chris, I don't think – I think they should be stripped of uh, being EVPs, honestly, from this situation. I don't think they handle it the best. I don't think – I mean, what benefit have they had as these – you know, EVPs within the company. Cody's been gone, so I felt like he was the only one that was really, like, it seemed more hands-on out of the four. I just don't know if if you're an EVP, even if there's all that slander thrown out there, handling it, like we said, would be, hey, I'm going to go on the fucking back and try to have a confrontation with CM Punk right after he talked a bunch of shit. I understand that you have to try to take yourself out of a situation and be like, wait, I'm an EVP of this company. This is not the way to handle it. But then there's emotions and testosterone involved. I get that. But same thing. It's like, I just don't see that being a benefit. We've heard about a lot of wrestlers, specifically with the Young Bucks. And, you know, this is not just Dave Meltzer. This is or Brian Alvarez. There's Nick Hausman with Wrestling Inc., Sean Ross Sapp with Fightful. You know, you have all these guys that, have a lot of credibility, but also have personal relationships with some of the wrestlers. So this is not just Keller and Meltzer anymore. Like there's a lot more people that have a lot of credibility, I'll say. And not just this, but there has been. And I, I like I said, I don't know if this is the, if this is the Bucks or people associated with them, but information's getting leaked. I, I brought up Malachi Black, who apparently really wants to go back to WWE. So that's one side of the story that's out there. But the other side of the story is that he said uh, on a recent, you know, he, he posted a, a statement about everything that stuff that we were hearing that might have been true with his bad mental health. He apparently lost someone. Uh, his wife lost her father, I believe, this last year. 
Um, it was just like a collective of a lot of things. But they didn't leak any of that information out. They, he's basically saying that someone in the high-up camp were the ones that fucking decided to tell that information to the press. So, and this happens, like I said, with WWE, the biggest wrestling company. People are talking too much to the dirt sheet writers or the journalists of wrestling. And I think that's getting reflected with, we know that there's issues with FTR and the Bucks. That, that's not hidden. That's joked about constantly. Uh, you know, there is issues that are pretty real when it comes to at least the view of the Young Bucks having this power and kind of apparently leaking information. Like I said, I don't really know if it's them or anything like that. I'm not trying to point blame, but that that type of – it's not just CM Punk who thinks that basically with them. Um, do you think that there is some information that should probably be you know, in-house uh, within AEW, or is that always going to be a problem no matter what? Exclude the Bucks from it because this is professional wrestling and stuff always leaks out to the dirt sheet writers. And should the three of them, including Kenny Omega, be stripped of their EVP privileges after all this? Well, as far as like people speaking to the press, I don't know what you do about that, really. It's it's kind of the only outlet as a contractor and the way these wrestling contracts work. If you're frustrated with a situation, all you can do is talk. You're you're stuck. Like you don't have any option. You non-compete clauses, etc. Regardless of AEW and WWE, and we've seen this in the past in WWE. Um, you know, you go and ask your for your release, and they go, "Ha ha, no!" Like, what else can you do? All you can do is kind of talk and uh, maybe even negatively talk shit about a company. That's kind of where you're at, right? So I don't think that's ever going to go away uh, unless they change the way wrestling contracts work. There's more options for someone to get out of their contract. Uh, if you're looking at someone like, let's say, Malachi Black, if he signed a three-year deal and from what I've heard was promised to push, which he feels like he has not received, which he hasn't, uh, and you're in a bad situation like that, like, yeah, I could see why he'd want to step away. As far as like, uh, who leaked that information? I mean, there's no telling. That could be one of those things where one person said something to someone else, and then they said something, and then a fucking telephone. <laughs> yeah, like a production assistant heard this, and you know, gmailed Meltzer or some shit. Like it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to come from one of the boys, so to speak. Like think about how many people work on a fucking wrestling show. Yeah. These are you know, $400,000. Each time they do TV at AEW, it's like $400,000 <laughs> to produce that show and, and the live event and everything that goes on with that. I think with like Raw is like almost a million dollars. So when you think about everyone that's involved with that show, it's <laughs> – it's going to be kind of almost impossible to stop a stop a leak. I mean, this going back to like the other side of the world, let's say video games, right? I mean, Rockstar's video game footage for the new Grand Theft Auto game already leaked it, like way beforehand. It's just this. That's the world we live in with the way media works and how easy it is to put something out there. I don't necessarily I wouldn't blame this on necessarily any of the wrestlers. I mean, it may have nothing to do with like the Bucks in this situation or anyone else. If if there's one person in the back that dis is disgruntled, even if they're like a fucking cameraman, 
you know, they can throw that opinion out there. <laughs> they can push that out to the press. So I don't know how you stop that. As far as, uh, I mean, we need to know what the internal investigation results are, what exactly happened in that room. In general, the Bucks, the two that were involved in this fight, uh, they should probably be stripped of their EVPs. As far as like what they've actually done, I don't know. I don't know what they do on a day-to-day basis. I don't know if they help with talent acquisitions. A lot of the younger talent and indie guys that they've signed, they've all had relationships with the Bucks in the past, so it probably helps Tony in that sense to keep them around um, as EVPs. With Kenny Omega, he's, what, the head of their video game, right? Yep. So if you strip him of that, what is what does that mean for for that? And I mean, he is a big name in the video game space in general because of Street Fighter tournaments and his work with Giant Bomb. Uh, he's kind of the bigger name for promoting that that game, at least to the for like your Evos and gaming conventions, etc. He was kind of known even before AEW was going to do a video game within that realm. Um, but you know. I personally think they shouldn't be EVPs at this point. It, would you feel safe coming into a situation? Uh, let's say like if you're Randy Orton, right? There was rumors that Randy Orton was going to get signed by AEW. And we just saw what happened with CM Punk. If they bring you into the company and you're more of an old mindset type wrestler, say like a Randy Orton, uh, would you feel comfortable after this with them being EVPs? Like, what kind of shit are they going to say about you? What kind of stuff's going to go in the background? I mean, it kind of makes everyone else in the back that is not on a side. It makes you what? Like, if you're Christian, <laughs> right? You're well, not. You're not on the, either of these sides. Are you worried that these people are fucking talking shit behind your back, and then maybe you'll have to fight them? It kind of puts that doubt in your head, I would think, um, which is a bad place to be. Not only that, man, but I even heard. You know, and I'm sure you've heard rumblings, too, that whatever Kenny said uh, during that that rah-rah meeting that turned into him not really having a rah-rah meeting, but like a come-to-Jesus meeting with the fucking uh, wrestlers, uh, that he upset or or at least like there was a lot of like, ha, okay, uh, for his comments to some of the younger wrestlers, uh, you know, involving the whole like, I wouldn't, I would, I would honestly not hire eight out of the ten of you. Uh, when it came down to it, um, you know, to have that type of, I, I just heard Christian's name specifically, CM Punk, some of the older wrestlers, like thought that that was like egotistical as hell, but obviously that's another situation where we weren't there and we're just all hearing whatever from whoever. So it's all hearsay, but kind of like what you're saying, Randy Orton comes in. It's like, I hate to have, I, I hate that perception being the reality, but it's like, wait a minute, I've been in the biggest wrestling you know, organization for how long I'm coming over here. I'm a huge name. I'm a huge draw. And I have to deal with these fucking assholes who haven't even been there trying to tell me what to do. I don't, I I don't, I understand the perception of that. I don't think that's fair necessarily because I think that the Bucks and Kenny have done a shitload um, within wrestling outside of the WWE. But I also can see where, you know, like someone like a CM Punk or a Christian or even a Chris Jericho or if Randy Orton were to come in a situation where those three guys specifically were EVPs. Right. I mean, it kind of you it's still it sounds like some of this is they still have this indie mindset um, where it's like us against them. And it's really shouldn't be that at this point, especially with as many crossover 
talents that we've had. Um, but yeah, it, and obviously Randy Orton is not, he re-signed with WWE. That was just an example I threw out there because yeah. I would think that would be very yeah. similar to like CM Punk coming in. Right. Cause he's such a big name. And um, if that would have happened, let's say if that happened tomorrow and the Bucks and Omega were reinstated as EV, EVPs, like now he's kind of worried about it. Right. Like walking on eggshells a little bit. Like what if I, cause, cause the thing is, is it's like, well, punk pissed them off. So now they don't like him and they're talking behind his back, or at least that's how punk seems to feel based on that press conference. Right. So is now if any big star, like I say, if you wanted to bring in like a John Cena, does John Cena have to worry about this shit? Um, and if their EVPs are in, in considered like, in in that realm of like we're top guys in this company that have booking decisions kind of makes you a little nervous right <laughs> like, so i personally they probably should be stripped i mean if this happened in any other company outside of the wrestling world they would have uh well probably just been fired not just stripped of being an evp but straight fired um yeah it's just it's weird it's a weird situation. I don't think the Bucks and Kenny Omega are going anywhere. I think the worry there would be that they help start AEW, and if you get rid of them in this kind of weird way, it would almost be while you're going to lose ratings with Punk. the The difference is kind of <sighs> trying to think of a good way to put this. Punk was not on this Arthur Ashe card. They sold it out. They made one million at the gate. Right. So, I mean, that that says a lot for all four of them, honestly. Uh, last two weeks, we haven't had Punk, we haven't had the Bucks, we haven't had Kenny Omega, and they're do still doing well. So I'm happy for all the other guys, because that really shows off that it's not just about them. But still, we love Kenny Omega, we love the Young Bucks, we love CM Punk. It's just a sh shitty situation. But once again, it kind of goes back down to it, and I kind of want to tail end it with this situation. Whatever happens to EVPs, whether or not we think they should be stripped, with both me and you both kind of think they should be, um, I see them coming back. You see them coming back. I could see, though, possibility. I mean, I look, the feelers are out there with WWE when it comes to Kenny and the Bucks. I don't think that's ever changed, and maybe this will give them reason whenever their contracts are done, especially if they get stripped of EVP. If they have that option, now that Hunter is involved, you know, that could be – it really now seems more than ever that could be a situation – where a couple of years from now, once their contracts are out, they might try it just to fucking try it. I have no idea. But especially, like I said, if they get stripped of being EVPs. Shit, Cody was an EVP. <laughs> and he seemed like he was a hell of a lot more on hands with everyone. And he went back to fucking WWE. And there was a lot of rumblings of similar situations with him and the other members. But he handled himself a fuckload better than Punk did, obviously. Um now CM Punk though, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see us seeing him. Uh, I think he's done. I, I, I don't see Punk coming back to anything. I mean, Punk's situation is is different in the sense that he he openly shit on the company in a press conference, sitting right next to his boss. He's injured for eight months. Um, he had already kind of went, let's say, go into business for himself, but cut that promo on Hangman a couple weeks beforehand, which almost makes you think him losing in like 10 seconds to 
Moxley was almost a punishment to some extent, even though they put the title on him. Um, he powder kegged this situation into a fight. I'm not saying this is all Punk's fault, and and everyone knows that I'm not necessarily the biggest CM Punk fan. I've talked about it before. I think he's a great promo. I don't think he's that great in the ring. I've always stood by that. Um, I, if you are CM Punk, why and, and these other people don't get fired, and this is the situation, why the fuck would you want to come back? That's the real question, right? Like, no one wants to go to work and eat shit. Yep. So that's that's more of it. I mean, if, if it's going to be one side or the other, like if you're the Bucks and Kenny Omega at this point, do you want to come back and be in the same company as this guy and, and vice versa? So it's it's one of those things. I mean, for Tony Khan, he's going to end up having to buy one of these contracts out because I feel like there would be a good cause for a wrongful termination suit, especially with CM Punk being injured if, if he fires him which means he wouldn't get any money on the rest of his contract unless it was like a guaranteed deal or something. Um, I think that's why we're hearing about like the, the buyout. Cause I think that's the only way to do it where there's no legal ramifications. So either way, this is going to cost, it's going to cost Tony Khan probably $20 million. Let's say punk is making six, 7 million a year. He's got three years left on his deal. <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> It's gonna be a lot of a lot of capital uh, just to straight buy someone out of his contract, but that it's gonna be it's probably gonna be cheaper than a wrongful termination suit, which in this case uh, seems very likely with the backstage brawl and everything that occurred. So uh, it's wild. I, I, and we've had fights in wrestling and, and shit like this happens, but I don't think that it's ever been. The problem is that it was so public immediate because. The, they literally had police officers running, or not police officers, but security guards running During out the of press the press conference. conference to break this up. You know, like it's like it was immediately public. If this fight just happened backstage, Punk doesn't. If if this just happened backstage, there's no press conference. They get into a fight. We probably hear about it years later, right? <laughs> and like a shoot interview. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing else is ever said, but the the way that it went down is kind of the cra- is the craziest part. But it's uh, like I said, one of the wildest things in wrestling. It's it's something that I think is on all parties. They were acting like a bunch of fucking high school kids. And, and with as much money as these cats are making, this is stupid to me. <laughs> I've had more oh reasons God, to get man. into. I've had more reasons to get into a fight at my job than they had. <laughs> throughout this entire you know, situation but i didn't do it no <laughs> i can't imagine dude, what would no, happen you're if so i was right. six million dollars <laughs> it's hard for us to have sympathy on you when you make that much fucking money and they have to all four of them have to make a pretty good amount of money based on who they are so but also you know kind of going back to it it just sucks that you know there couldn't be like a sensible nature of this, like a talk where Tony can get them to kind of come on the same page, air out their grievances, be like, look, we all act like fucking children, but we're all adults and then be able to make money off of this. Because if you pulled like a, a Bret Hart, Sean situation out of this and really dive deep into, you know, the reality of it, if, if they're able to work, you know, a situation where him and FDR are out for the Bucks and Kenny and this really becomes more in front of television, 
it, it would be money. It would be a lot of fucking money, and they would be able to have a great, you know, <laughs> uh, way to have a storyline from a bad situation. But I just don't see that being an option at all it's, at this point. It's all or nothing. It, it, and that's part of I think the reason why Tony let the let the press run instead of the press conference run instead of shutting it down. Because as a booker, you're like, oh, this is great a shit. Like I can take this. Um, you know, get these guys to settle their difference and build a story out of it. But that's not what happened. Nope. <laughs> right. So um, maybe if it was someone else that wasn't CM Punk, that could have happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. Sure, but I will say this: Hangman Adam Page kept his nose clean and all this shit. So he left earlier. A- Good job <laughs> on uh, Adam for doing that. <laughs> He should get a pat on his back because he didn't come out and shit talk after he got his receipt, so to speak, right? Uh, from the promo, he didn't say anything. He went in there, did his fucking match, left, whatever. Smart. And hasn't said anything since then in the media. I think, you know, that's a guy that's like, I just had a new kid and I'm making good money. I don't fucking need this shit. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. And didn't he win the number? number one contender out of the battle royal last night so we're going to be seeing him go against moxley soon unless was it roosh or him i can't remember no one of them uh, yeah i don't i don't recall right offhand um i kind of was oh, well, in and out because it it's i i'm still sick so i was like falling half ass asleep by like 11 25 11 whenever the fuck this thing was going on because it was a two-hour rampage um, it didn't go on late at all until fucking like what midnight or one Jesus. So I was, I was kind of in and out on rampage last night. I've got a, uh, I've got the, uh, card in front of me that, all right. So the winner of the golden, t- yeah, it was hangman page. So we're going to be doing hangman page against Mr. John Moxley coming up, I think in two weeks, um, which should be fine. Um, I don't know. I love that John Moxley wins on all of this because he deserves it. Um, but with CM Punk, the <laughs> last question. Oh, he fucking he's he's earned it, man. He really has. He's, you know, the match that he had with Brian Danielson was awesome. I kind of part of me wanted Brian Danielson to win, but I know what they're doing. I feel like where it's going to be a short like. All right. So they put it back on John Moxley. He loses pretty potentially soon to to uh, MJF. You know, they've already set that up and stuff like that. It, he's had a pretty good reign outside of all these, like, little stops and shit like that from everything. You put on Brian Danielson, you're not giving him long enough of a reign for that duration of time to be an actual big champion. So put it back on Moxley. So I kind of appreciated that concept. Right. And I think this can set dissension in with Blackpool Combat Club, which they've already teased with Willer Yuta to some extent and Daniel Bryan. So Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson could be the odd man out here down the road a little bit if you want to go that route. But also just promo wise and building to a main event match, MJF versus Moxley is a better build to a pay-per-view match. I don't know if it's going to be a better match. But it is a better build to a match that'll keep people interested in your product than, say, Brian Danielson promoing against MJF. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, just weird. So I guess the last question, though, <laughs> this is going to be a, a scenario that I doubt. You know, CM Punk, like we said, I think he's done with AEW. I don't think he's going to ever want to go back. There's only two other options. 
if he wanted to pursue wrestling, and both of them are pretty doubtable. One, obviously, you know, if he wants to go relocate, he can go over to Japan, uh, New Japan, have some great matches with a lot of great people, and keep on doing this quote-unquote Terry Funk, you know, part of his career, uh, even though, like I, like Kevin Nash said, he's only 43, but whatever. I get what he's trying to go for. Jericho said the same thing and shit like that. Um, but relocating and the, and the involvement mainly with New Japan and AW might change that from being an option. So take that off the table. <laughs> the only other option is a company where you had a lot of issues with the owner of the company because he kept on going to his son-in-law, who is now in charge of the company. So even if even if fucking Vince wasn't involved, we know the tumultuous relationship with Triple H and CM Punk. But we do know that next to Paul, especially reinstated uh, recently, now he's got two little uh, penguins that like CM Punk waddling towards him and Gabe Sapolsky and Paul Heyman, <laughs> who might be like, look, we know he's an issue, but, I mean, he is a draw. Like, you know, if we tamed him, Think about all the money that we could fucking make. Is there any part of Hunter right now that's, that thinks about the option of trying to get CM Punk involved in the WWE? Or is that nixed pretty much whoever says it, whether it be a Paul Heyman, Gabe Sapolsky, whoever? John Cena calling up being like, hey, you need to get Punk back. I'll come back and do a program with him. Is Triple H like, no, not fucking happening. Never. Well, here's the thing. If Punk doesn't if punk's contract gets bought out he doesn't need the money no right so there's no incentive for him to go anywhere if he doesn't want to like i it, guess if you wanted to keep on pursuing wrestling is the what if factor yeah i guess it comes down to what did punk is is the story of punk wanting to come back to wrestle because he missed it so much is that real life punk or was it that he needed the money right so that's something that we don't know um if 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 he just needed the money and he fucking gets bought out for you know 20 million dollars or whatever that price is going to be because i'm just i'm going off what cody rhodes made because he said he wanted cm punk money so if it if it's a five million dollar contract or whatever for punk um let's say three a three-year deal you know 15 to 20 million dollars whatever uh does he need to even wrestle at that point? If you're if you're Triple H, uh, you got a WrestleMania to build. If you're not going to get The Rock versus Roman, uh, Punk would be a good Roman opponent. They're kind of the exact opposite. You have the shit that he said about the Shield and those <clears throat> in that original podcast with Colt Cabana. Funny enough, and the way that they built the Shield. I mean, there's story that you could tell there. And if you just want to make fucking money and have a one one match. Uh, you can give him the Goldberg deal, give him a million bucks, have him do like three or four appearances and be done with it. Right? Like they don't need him there long term. This is business. <laughs> yeah, WWE's shown uh, that you can bring someone in short term, have a couple matches and it'd be it. The only problem, the thing that kind of fucks up Punk in this situation for that is that he's gone for eight months. So it'll be <laughs> by the time he's ready, it'll be right at Mania. Hey, hey, Punk, we have a great idea. We'd love to have you come to Saudi Arabia to go against Logan Paul. <laughs> Punk might be into that if it's a shoot fight. 
right? <laughs> um, oh, God. No, but I mean, I mean, you know, Punk has talked about wanting to work with Okada. I could see New Japan bringing him in for a couple dates. He's not going to get paid what he was getting paid in AEW for that, though. But could they, based on the relationship they have with AEW? Like, is there any hindrance legally with that? Not if his contract's bought out. Hmm. Right? Like, uh, I don't know. That's all up in the air. I, I mean, to me, if his contract gets bought out, you probably just don't see CM Punk. He, he's going to get paid all that money up front, and then he has no reason to wrestle, and uh, unless he just really wants to do it. And uh, I don't see any... He, he, you know, he. I don't see him going back to Impact. <laughs> that that seems very fucking far fetched. Uh, like you said, his only two landing options would be WWE and uh, New Japan. I could see him doing something in New Japan if he wanted to do kind of a Chris Jericho esque run there with a couple matches. But yeah, this might be the end of Punk. I, you know, I was always of the mindset that if Punk, unless Punk got hard up financially, he was never coming back to wrestling, and then he showed back up. So who the hell knows? There's been rumors of Punk coming back to various companies for the seven to eight years he was gone, and I kind of shut them down <laughs> until he finally actually fucking showed up somewhere. So I'm going to go with the mindset of if, if his contract gets bought out, we won't see Punk again. And by the time that money dries up or whatever, he'll be in his 50s and it won't matter. It's just amazing, man. <laughs> Over a year later from him debuting, and we said, wow, Punk's back. You know, you got all this. Punk's saying that him, Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole coming back is like fucking Bash the Beach back in 96, which was brought up at the press conference. And in front of Tony, he was like, yeah, I might have spoke too soon on that. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is wild. This is wrestling, man. And uh, at least, I guess, if anything... He came back. He had some good matches, one with Darby Allen, one with Kingston. There were several good matches within his reign. He's He got the belt for like two seconds twice. And, uh, yeah, that's that's CM Punk. I, I The thing is, if this is it from Punk, this is a very CM Punk way of going out again within pro wrestling, I would say, uh, for better or for worse. I think it's uh... – I think it's baffling to me that he's ranked second on the PWI 500 and he had like 10 matches. I think he was third because I think who was second, but yeah, I agree with you. He was pretty high up there. He, uh, he, he's been gone longer than he's actually been back injury wise. And, and as far as the amount of matches he's had, I know that he had some big pay-per-view matches and some good promos and stuff, but I don't know that he moved the needle enough to be, ranked as high as he was and i'm still baffled on how fucking moxley is like not in that top 10 uh, i know that well, he, it, on, i mean I, it's a bullshit kayfabe list i don't even think that much of it with pwi it, i hate to say it, that even in kayfabe i don't know that anyone's been as hot as moxley was for the past six seven months with the blackpool combat club it, and but i mean it was it was a duration of time in which that they had it there was a chunk of time during the beginning of that where he was out uh, you know, dealing with his demons and going to rehab. And then right at, he won the title right at the duration, like right after the date would have been reset. So he didn't, that wasn't even a part of that time period. So right. he was champion before. And he was doing tag matches with Brian Danielson for a while, you know, at the beginning of the Blackpool Combat Club too. 
So for singles, I kind of, in their parameters, understand why that happened that way. Why he was 11, I think, or 12. Yeah, I mean, we say that, but then Big E is, like, in that top 10. Yeah, yeah, I don't... I don't know if I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if Jonathan Big, Gresham needs to be at 10, honestly. Yeah. Big E was out, has been out for like eight months at this point. Yeah. I mean, that's very true. I don't know. PWI. It's weird. It's kind of fun, I guess, but do you think Roman Reigns gave a shit compared to Kenny last year about it? I'm sure he heard about it. And he was like, cool. And that was about it. That was the reaction from him. He's number one again this year. So, <laughs> He is, Just, he is. He is. He is Roman motherfucking Reigns. And uh, one of my favorite things that happened in wrestling this week, since we're speaking of Roman Reigns, the Roman Reigns. Did you see the beginning of SmackDown? Yep. Oh, my God. What a great swerve. Sami Zayn getting his shirt ripped off. Talked down. Jey Uso was so happy. So happy by Jey Uso. Like, yeah, let's get him. Like, I love I love that Sammy has a great relationship with Jimmy and Solo, but fucking Jay hates his guts. And Jay has been so good about wherever, not even knowing sometimes where the camera is, always having like a I fucking hate you look towards Sammy for anything. It's the great. Ultimate, Brilliant. The ultimate mean mug face. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they rip his shirt off. And Roman's like, because we got you a new shirt and gives him this honorary shirt. My heart melted. It was so sweet. It was such a nice moment. Yeah. It's going to be great, though, when they all just beat the shit out of him and Kevin Owens comes and runs out and tries to help him. It was also. We all know that's happening. It was also great when. uh, Well, I don't know. Now I'm wondering if Solo Sokoa and uh, (laughs) and, uh, and Sammy might end up together to, to battle the Usos or something, because Solo has been like my best friend Sammy in this situation. Like he stood up for him against Ricochet and what Madcap boss. He just showed up yep. and started whipping their ass when they were picking on Sammy. Uh, yeah. It looked like Roman gave him his own personal bodyguard with Solo Sokoa, essentially. It's interesting. It's, it's kind of a, a neat story and they just continue to make the bloodline interesting. And uh, oh, they're still the best thing on SmackDown. Maybe them and, uh, and Butch now that Pete Dunn is uh, Pete done. The best faction in pro wrestling since the Bullet Club? <laughs> I would say better than most iterations of the Bullet Club. It's amazing that Roman's been a part of two amazing ensemble pieces in this faction and then also being a part of the Shield. Because let's face it, I mean, <laughs> Seth might not have, and you know, you can say what you want about some of his Joker ass stuff in the promos, but uh, someone put. John, like the, the 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 MVPs of the shows, and it's hard to argue that Seth on Raw, Moxley on Wednesday with AEW Dynamite, and Roman Reigns on SmackDown. That the Shield is basically running wrestling right now <laughs> as three of the prominent members from this last generation. Yeah, definitely in the states. I mean, it's it would be hard to make a debate otherwise. Of I mean, they're both all three have been anchors on all their respective shows. That's kind of why I wanted him to win that title against uh, – and I understand we need more uh, stuff with Matt Riddle, but I really wanted Seth to win against Bobby Lashley. I thought Bobby had a great reign. It wouldn't hurt him at all and sets a heel just to give him a little bit of gold because I think Hunter's did a good job of making the U.S. title basically the Raw title, making the IC title the SmackDown title, and then the overall champion goes from both 
Raw and SmackDown collectively. Um, I mean, he did. A, he's done a better job recently in the last fucking six years of making those titles relevant. I would say. Yeah, I would. I would agree with you there. Um, I think Bobby Lashley has helped that a lot, as far as having good matches. Absolutely, be, being a believable. Him champion. and Walter. Yeah. This. Yeah. I mean, both of them have done great. You, they've they've put it on two guys that are believable as champions that you could easily see have a match with Roman, right? Um, given the right circumstances, which makes them the macho man of their of this era, uh, which is what you kind of want. Mm-hmm. You want your Hulk Hogan, your top guy, and then you want you know right below him the guy that could probably beat Hogan as your Intercontinental Champion or in this case your U.S. Champion. Um, which the two guys that they have right now representing those two titles, I think is, is perfect. And they've done a good job of giving them high profile matches. Like Bobby Lashley's not just out here fucking squashing people. He's having matches against, you know, uh, people like Seth Rollins and, and, uh, fucking who's the match he just had on Monday. Fucking, I know he's, he just had one against AJ Styles and he had, uh, who did he just wrestle on Monday? Why am I blanking on this so hard? Because it was a good uh, match. Bobby? Yeah, Bobby, he had a like a 20-minute match on oh, Seth. Yeah, okay, it was Seth. Um, which, and the only downside right now, which I guess I'll go ahead and bring up, is the they did, what, four interference finishes on Raw? I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if Hunter's trying to slowly get out of the format of a lot of stuff, because he, he's been doing better matches, much more... You know, back and forth, great storytelling, more involved instead of just throwaway matches. But still, you do have sometimes it's different, but you have a lot of times where it's the opening where there's 20 minutes talking that's that goes into a match, and then also you'll have about four or five fucking matches get broken up by interference. And I love a lot of stuff that he's doing, and a lot of the feuds that he's set up have been great, but that still is a big hindrance with me watching Raw for three fucking hours on a Monday night is to do stuff that's very predictable, I, I would say. Now, I, and, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and say AEW's been doing this a lot with outside interference as well, as of recent weeks. Um, not DQ finishes, but definitely leading to the finish of the match, which I'm not necessarily a fan of in either company. So this isn't just me crapping on WWE. But yeah, that's a bit, it's a bit fucking much, right? Yep. I just realized that I have two piles of clean clothes, some folded and some not folded straight out from the laundry. And my roommate's dog that I'm watching is sleeping on the clean clothes and my cat's sleeping on the, uh, the folded clothes. So thanks animals. Appreciate it. Sorry. Now now you're going to have to have the world's greatest lint roller. (laughs) God damn it, man. I'm like, why is my black shirt look like I just rolled it? It's because my cat likes to lay on clean clothes. Well, at least they don't like to like, you know, on dirty laundry, that'd be weird. I guess. Unless you're Don Henley. He likes dirty laundry. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought he just, and you know, he says, kick them when they're up, kick them when they're down. I just thought he was saying, kick them in the nuts over and over and over again. Kick them in the nuts. Kick them in the nuts. Kick them in the nuts. <laughs> that should be our song going off. It's just me saying that over and over again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah but, um, I, I heard it. We had we had a victory road last night, and uh, Bobby Fish showed up. Did you hear about this? No, uh, dude. The whole Bobby Fish situation is is weird. Um, because we hear this kind of goes back to something that Punk brought up, which I don't know 
it was one of the things that really bothered me that Punk did bring up, but I don't think he was trying to be a dick. Asking about like how, you know, the statement that he made about bashing the beach and bringing up Adam Cole, and he kind of was like, you know, all I care about with Adam is that he's healthy. And we know that he's had, the reason why he hasn't come back is uh, concussion stuff. And apparently whatever happened to uh, Kyle O'Reilly could be permanent. Like there is a bad, whatever happened to him. And we don't know exact details, but it was a major injury. And Adam is not getting cleared, I guess, because of concussions. Like, what the fuck, man? I mean, within a year, it's like, we got three members of the fucking Undisputed Era. They're going to take over. Oh, Adam Cole gets beat by Orange Cassidy. They don't do shit with the fu- with Red Dragon. And a year later, Bobby Fish gets, not let go, but they just don't re-up his contract. He's now at Impact. And Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly p- potentially aren't going to wrestle again. And Roderick Strong's getting, he's a trainer now, basically, in NXT. And that's it. Fucking crazy. It's wild. Uh, I would like to think that Adam Cole will eventually come back. And uh, speaking of like weird, what we thought may were career ending injuries, we get Paige Sarai showing up on Dynamite. Oh, yeah, man. Um, and apparently she's even said, or maybe it's been reported. I don't know if she directly said it, but she hasn't been cleared yet. Look, I know a lot of people were all like laughing their asses off about this situation because of the fact that most potentially it's a good chance Paige is not going to be able to wrestle, but I don't think any of you motherfuckers are realizing what she can do for that women's, you know, what AJ Lee's basically trying to do with women of wrestling right now. She can really get in creatively and with each woman and really flesh out stuff. Um, along with other people of her caliber, like Serena Deeb and stuff like that. They could really potentially use someone like this, not just as a mouthpiece. Maybe she takes over, comes out, and she's actually in charge of the women's division from now on, and she's going to be picking the matches. And, you know, she even calls out, we're not going to be putting every friggin' women's match at 930 on Dynamite. You know, this is going to be a change. We're going to see some changes. And actually creatively gets involved. I think, or even as a manager, I think there is a shit ton of potential for Paige to contribute uh, towards AEW that people are not giving her the credit of. I mean, really, guys, when it comes down to it, her, AJ Lee, Natalia, and kind of Beth Phoenix were setting the groundworks for what the four horsewomen would really push over the edge. So she was, from any match I've seen her in, a great fucking in-ring worker. I just don't understand why they're discrediting her and kind of just ruling her out because of the fact. And also people have made comments about stuff that was taken from her personal life that she had no control over and contributed online. And I'll just put it like that. Paige is a fucking great wrestling mind, I think, and will help out a lot with the women's division, even if she's not an active wrestler. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more beneficial if she can wrestle, but... Like you said, there's plenty you can do with Paige outside of that, uh, especially knowing that they they want to do an all women's wrestling show. They've openly talked about that. They've trademarked they trademarked a name exactly. Um, so even if you want her to be a female announcer for that show, or uh, like you said, maybe even like a William Regal type NXT role, where she is the which I don't know if they want to do an authority figure. It seems like they've kind of steered clear of that in AEW. 
but I mean, there's there's things that you can do with Paige, and even just have her Sarai, sorry, uh, having her around in general is not a bad thing, right? Like you said, great wrestling mind. Um, even from like a training aspect or a road agent aspect, the only thing that makes it weird is that the way she was introduced was to do a run in to stop a beatdown, which would make you think the idea is that she'll eventually get involved in this title picture. Or at least her and Britt Baker will be a big possible future. You know, they kind of set up those things that that could be our next big woman's match outside of maybe the title picture with Tony storm potentially at the next pay-per-view. Um, and if that's the case, I mean, that's, that's, that's a very, very marquee style match. I just don't know. Um, I don't, and I, I, I will, I, I will say this, Chris. I, I don't want to see Paige get hurt in the ring. I mean, just seeing that one scene from a couple of years ago at the from the camera view, where Sasha Bailey did anything to her, but it 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 hurt her neck so bad she couldn't even move for a second at that house show. That was scary. Right. Yeah. Um. For sure. And. I'm trying to remember the exact details of her neck injury, but it, it was pretty bad, right? Like it was on the same level as uh, what what happened with Edge when he was gone for like 20 years. Apparently, Edge. I remember him talking about this on a you know an Edge and Christian podcast. She had a worse injury than he did on her neck. I've heard comparisons to the. It's similar to what like Nikki Bella has went through with her multiple surgeries on her yeah. neck pretty much ended her career. So, I mean, scary stuff, especially with something like that, because like, if you think about like, was it Piero Aguayo who had, you Ugh. know, an injury that he didn't know about. And basically his spine severed and he had a heart attack in a match with Rey Mysterio Jr. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you're dealing with when you're talking about neck injuries or Masawa when his, when he completely was decapitated, not, the sense of like, you know, completely your head comes off, but by the actual like cervical, like where your spine is, he got one brain buster and he had taken it a million times and it completely just severed his spine. And he died in the ring of his, of his uh, company in pro wrestling. Noah, it's fucking, like you said, Paraguayo, Misawa, this is something that's pretty serious concept. And the craziest thing about it, Chris, is she's only 30 which is amazing that she was able to accomplish all she was able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. But God damn, dude, that's, it's kind of like an Austin situation almost, you know? Yeah. It's like, is this worth, if I was Paige personally, I don't know that this would be worth my entire life. You're 30 years old. Like you have a lot more years left and one shitty thing happens in the ring and you're done. Right. <laughs> So I would probably be looking for for another outlet, like you were saying, a manager role or um, a authority figure role or even a host of this new show that they got going on rather than stepping in the ring. That's what made it so weird the way they introduced her, because she basically did a run in um, and then they didn't do any kind of promo or anything after. It was literally just like, hey, she's here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out next uh, next Wednesday more about it. But, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, she's definitely a name. Um, if 
you know, with all the modern medicine, if she's been able to heal up and she can wrestle, if she trusts it, and if Tony and trusts it, you know, they're they're gonna do it. But at the same time, of course, I'm gonna be fearful for someone if they have that severe of a neck injury. But at the same time, I've cut I've kind of gotten used. I still get nervous with Edge and Brian Danielson and a lot of other guys, Christian. But you know, whether it be concussion related or neck related, but I mean. They're all trekking on, and we know Austin was told never to come back. He came back for one match that he didn't have to do. He t- still took a fucking suplex on the outside. I mean, there <laughs> was is the one modern right medicine. There. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is there is modern medicine that is something that we don't really, you know, put in our heads because we're worried about the actual wrestler and the human being. But, uh, you know, well, like I said, I think Tony, especially if he does strip the EVPs, Needs to be like, all right, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna have EVPs, but I need to make like a council of accounted minds of of wrestlers that have been in this, or just names some of the guys that they've had and make like a something. I believe Triple H is doing right now uh, behind the scenes because we keep on hearing, oh, Road Dogs over here, Gabe Sapolsky's back. I think that Tony needs some people that he already has employed, whether it be a Jerry Lynn or D Malenko or a Jr or Jake Roberts, or Paige, or or Serena Deeb, like just some people that can help him creatively with this, either involved in, you know, kind of fleshing out the storyline. Kind of being in charge of... Uh, I, we kind of lost you there for a second. Yeah, you were talking about fleshing out the storylines? Yeah, fleshing out the storylines or helping out with producing the matches, but, you know, also kind of, you know, contributing in more of a backstage type of role of, like, talking to talents and basically agents, basically what WWE did. And I'm sorry, if you're an Adam Page and you don't think that you need, you know, fucking information or whoever is in there that would have that same perception, tell them to fuck off. I think they need help from people that have experience within the industry that they already have that he already has at his you know disposal. So do something with that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's some good names out there. Jeff Jarrett just got released. Um, I, you know, they had Gabe Sapolsky was out there. I, I think that Tony Khan realistically needs a booking committee just because of how much he wants to do. Like he wants to have a full-time ring of honor show, right? He wants to do this women's show. Um, at some point he's not going to be able to book all of these shows. Uh, so it would maybe make sense bringing in a Jeff Jarrett just from a booking standpoint, or, uh, at this point delirious for ring of honor, the guy that booked the fucking show for years and years and years, I would have said Sapolsky, but he just yep. resigned WWE. Um, He's going to need some help, but going just going back to the Sarai, I, I wish her the best. I love her. I think that she was a big part of the women's, the evolution of women's wrestling that we see in WWE and in the United States in general, to some extent. Um, so, you know, I wish her the best. I'm sure they, hopefully they can find something for her to do. And I, I to me, it would be, having her be a manager and bringing up the person, whatever new talent you want to put over uh, to be Jade Cargill. I think that would be the route I would go with Sarai. Uh, And 
I don't know, man. Jade now has Trina at her at her beck and call. <laughs> and I ain't fucking with Trina, man. I know all about her. So she screwed over whoever the fuck she was in the corner of and joined uh, Jade's little group of the baddies. And uh, look, Jade's already fucking scary, man. I don't want to mess with Trina, if, even if I'm Paige. That's a bad I think, bitch. I think that the... I think the the answer to me for as far as someone beating that could be a huge baby face to go over Jade Cargill be the first person to beat her would be Willow Nightingale. Um, Hell yeah! And putting her with Sarai as a manager or mouthpiece I don't think is the worst idea. But like like you said, you there's so much that you can do with her even if she can't wrestle. Hopefully, it just doesn't get pushed by the wayside. The women's division. Uh, since Thunder Rosa getting the belt and then going on leave, and this is not all her fault, has been kind of just lost. Like it, as soon as Burt Baker dropped that belt, like they have seemingly had no fucking idea what they're doing with the women's division, in my opinion. And let me let me just call out something I said to you. I think it's really fucked up that people are giving shit either to Adam page for going into business for himself before that pay-per-view or John mock or John Moxley or CM punk afterwards, bringing it up fucking a month and a half later. Um, but we know from everything that's been heard, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker don't get along. And Britt Baker has been basically cutting into Thunder Rosa, even after her fucking championship reign has been done. Um, just every time she could bring in sandbags to the ring while she was champion. And I'm sorry. I don't blame Thunder Rosa for her fucking, you know, even now there's a rumor that that apparently she's not really hurt or some shit like that, which I don't believe because I listen to Busted Open. She's someone that's on there constantly. I think she got kind of fucked, and I don't understand why it was okay because Britt Baker is one of the biggest names in the women's division that she was not accounted for like some of the other wrestlers were for quote-unquote going into business for themselves or you know, using real shit backstage. Eddie Kingston got suspended for what? A couple weeks for fucking pie facing Sammy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Some of that's a little bit ridiculous. I don't know what the fuck goes on backstage, but it's all over the place. If you ask me. Yeah, this is where like the undertaker would be <laughs> a good presence. It sounds like they need fucking wrestling court in AEW or something. Uh, could you imagine if fucking Brock Lesnar worked in this company? Remember when he that was, dude? He he would have been like, "Fuck this." Even I even think Bill Goldberg after a little while would be like, "This is." Even if they were like pushing him on top, he would probably be like, "This is really scatterbrained and unorganized. I don't know if I can do this." Because I I feel like it is. It's gotten to that point. And part of it, like we said, he needs some minds to help him out. He can't be doing everything by himself. Uh, he's wearing himself thin, and he's got a, a fucking a football team and a football team to deal with right now as well. At some point, someone's going to have to have an example made out of them where they're just straight fired for some of this shit, realistically. Because right now, all these all this crap is just going unchecked. I mean, you, what, you're suspended with pay? Ooh. <laughs> like... So maybe, you know, he's not going to fire Punk just because, like I said, the lawsuit type deal. Uh, but the next person that kind of crosses one of these lines, you got to think that you know, even if you don't want to get rid of him, you need to make an example out of him. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, for all the, I don't know, tough love, 
and I really feel like it's tough love when I kind of eat or just go after Tony. It's because I want him to to succeed. I love his passion for this industry. I think some of the comments that he's been recently making with WWE, I don't know why the fuck we're trying to flame that fire, but I know he's fucking trying, man. And he's got, he also wants to be friends with the wrestlers. And when you're the top promoter, that's not necessarily a smart thing to do. And I think a lot of this, this happens when you are a promoter within your wrestling organization in the first couple of years. And he's done a lot of great things. He's he's accomplished a lot of good stuff. I just think that he needs help. He doesn't want to take that help, but I think he needs it. And I think that it would be beneficial for him to really thin out instead of flame, like thinking potentially, oh, we could have like a storyline out of this. Like, you know, even you were kind of saying and alluding to it, CM Punk during that press conference. He needs to stop being a friend and start being a boss in certain situations. Yeah, and this is almost – it's almost becoming I, – I, I don't know if they're doing two – like when they were doing four pay-per-views a year without all of these television specials and it, the roster was slightly smaller, it seemed like it was a better TV show to me. Not that it's been a bad show, uh, but let's say going back to before that New Japan when all those injuries happened – I don't know that they've recovered from that yet. Right? Like booking wise? No. So it'll be interesting to see what this looks like six months from now. But, you know, even outside of the CM Punk stuff, just unfortunate injury after unfortunate injury, and then two rushed back to back pay per views. Uh, he's kind of. Wrestlers wanting to leave? It's like, you know, the the poor guy is just in a very bad situation. I don't I don't know, you know, I'm not gonna say this this isn't like AEW's gonna die or anything. Like Impact has survived much worse with a way lower budget. <laughs> so I don't think AEW's going anywhere or anything. I just you know, I for you know, with Tony, he has kind of just been up against it here recently. Uh, trying to do that big crossover pay-per-view with New Japan and then a pay-per-view directly after that when like, you know, 80% of what you had booked, you had to change on the fly. And that's why he needs a booking committee to some extent, because you can't just be rewriting these shows by yourself. You'll eventually become the madman that is Vince McMahon uh, if you <laughs> if you try to do this all by yourself for a long period of time. Yeah, I I mean, really, if Vince needed Pat Patterson, he needed Gerald Briscoe, he needed, um, you know, road agents like Blackjack um, Lanza, he needed uh, Wahoo McDaniel to help him out, and Chief Dre Strongbow, and a lot of those wrestlers that came out and really worked with the talent. He needed all that to collectively get him through all those amazing eras, the 80s with the Hulkamania area and then the nineties, even though it didn't do as well, but still you had wrestlers like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart with the new generation. And then the attitude era, all those things, ruthless aggression, PG era, the reality era, the NXT era, all of these better for worse. He's had people collectively helping him. What we don't like is the fact that he took too many TV writers in two thousands. And I don't think Tony should do that, but at the same time, you need people to, Kind of like Pat Patterson, if if he didn't like something that Vince suggested, he would fucking say it. And even though he didn't have the ranking over Vince, Vince would at least collect 
what he said, or, or even Jim Cornette when he worked for him. He would at least – he would understand he had all these people, you know? So don't hire Vince Russo and, and get some people to help you out. That's what right. I'm saying. And, now, I will say that this is also the counterpoint to, to this, and, and this is where I'm worried with Tony Khan. Is Vince McMahon was also ripping up TV shows and rewriting them day of for the past, like, three or four years. Uh, so if we if we just uh, go back to, I guess, the, uh, the, the better eras of stuff up until the Ruthless Aggression era, um, because that's when the, 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 the turn happened was within there when they became public. So that kind of is the only era, at least half it, where it's still pure and not tainted by the writers that would fucking dominate and turn it to SNL, basically, in the late 2000s or Republican SNL, if you will. <laughs> and, and I, if he is getting rid of his EVPs, if that's what happens and he wants to bring someone else in, this might be this might be a look outside of wrestling to bring in someone like, you know, kind of what WWE's done with Nick Khan to bring in someone that's not necessarily a wrestling mind to help uh, resolve the business some of these, side of it, the business side of it in dealing with these backstage talents. Uh, outside of being one of the boys because that's kind of i think that is part of their problem to some extent with tony being a fan of wrestling and and, and liking a lot of the wrestlers that he signs bringing someone in that has nut that doesn't give a shit about wrestling and just being like why are you guys acting like assholes you're suspended you're suspended where tony can still be the good guy friend <laughs> might be a good idea could you imagine <laughs> If Vince McMahon was next to CM Punk in that situation and not Tony Khan, <laughs> or even Hunter right now, it's just so crazy. And I will say, I do like these press conferences. Um, I think they were a good idea by Tony. Sometimes I don't like them breaking down the kayfabe aspect, but you have athletes just like in any type of sport right after they deal with something, pure emotions. But I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know after that thing if they're as beneficial as they potentially were because of what could happen. Um, speaking about press conferences, man, did you see the Logan Paul Roman Reigns one? Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was kind of well done for what they were going for. I still think it's fucking funny that Logan Paul's bling is that it's just like a first edition Charizard Hollow. <laughs> if I knew that my first edition Char Charizard Hollow. It would be worth that much money. I wouldn't have fucking sold it for $5 for weed money in high school. <laughs> but isn't that fucking – it's like funny that that's like his <laughs> – I'm going to stun on you, Blink. Um People don't like, People don't get it though. They like don't with Logan Paul being involved. Like, <laughs> well, I think oh, we're intentionally stepping over each other. Well, what I mean by it is, like, why is Logan Paul – he's got two matches. Why is he going against a champion? It's because if you guys perceive what he does, he calls up big fucking competitors just like his brother does and claims all this shit with little experience and then provides an entertaining, probably worked situation like he did with Mayweather. You know, whether or not that was all bullshit or not, which I think it was, uh, Mayweather never fucking knocked – a new boxer on his ass like Logan. And we all know what Jake Paul has done and he's going to be going the next week, you know, and this is even like a, a, almost like a promotion for his brother. The week that he goes against Anderson Silva before that, 
he's going to be going against the champion of the WWE and the biggest wrestler in the industry for the title in Saudi Arabia. And my thing is, this is a Saudi Arabia match. It's a big marquee match. And Triple H is like, fuck it. We'll do two huge names, have them go against each other, and have Logan's mouth be the reason of why Roman wants to beat the shit out of him. And I thought they did a good job setting it up. I don't have a problem with it. He's not going to win the title. It's in fucking Saudi Arabia. And I think, if anything, this makes me think that Logan Paul is a very intelligent mind for this business because of what him and his brother are able to do and get these huge fucking fights with legends. You know, I mean, this is he's fighting Roman before fucking his brother goes against Anderson Silva in a boxing match. Yeah, I, I think it is wearing out. Well, at least on the boxing side of things. I don't know how many more of those they're going to be able to build. I think people are the, the novelty is kind of worn off a little bit. Um, but on the wrestling side of things, I mean, it's a Saudi Arabia match. Like, would you want them to bring fucking Goldberg in again? You know, they're going to bring in a big name for Roman and <laughs> who, who cares, right? Like, it's it's the Saudi. It's a fucking glorified house show. Like, they do five minute matches. It's not. I, I don't understand why anyone really cares. And here's the thing. If Logan, once again, on his third match, produces a really good match with Roman, which a lot of it would contribute to Roman's end, but still, this is even more potential for this kid. This kid is not shaken by crowds at all. That by itself is a natural ability that only certain people in wrestling have. He's pretty damn athletic. He was a legitimate wrestler in high school and in college. Like, he played a bunch of sports. He's an athlete. He's got, He's in good shape. I don't know why they're positioning him as a baby face. But when he turns heel, and especially if you're right with those whole entire, like, you know, marquee matches with him and his brother against other boxers, which I kind of agree with you, if we have a potential of Jake Paul also coming in, fucking bring it on, man. Because at this point, we have so much talent already in WWE. It doesn't really bother me to kind of share it. As, as long as they're like someone like a Pat McAfee or like a Logan Paul or even I'll give Bad Bunny, you know, props for his performance. Like if they're willing to actually become someone good within the industry, just like shit. I didn't think he had the greatest. Well, he didn't do a hell of a lot, but Action Bronson last night. If they want to bring him <laughs> fucking back or Trina, fucking do it. I mean, they contribute. Shaq was great when he was on AEW. Like some of these celebrities actually can provide interest and i don't think it's a bad thing and wwe has always done that right and these are better than like when they brought in like snooki like they brought another like drew carey like Ugh. it seems like the new Ugh. the newer versions of celebrities they bring in they're not just there there to be celebrities right they're they want to provide content to their audience they know if they do a good job that their fans will be even more behind them it seems like especially with like your logan pauls and bad bunnies of the world uh who seem like they're actual wrestling fans same with pat uh mcafee who is like the biggest surprise to me of all time because i really did shit on him coming into nxt because at that time nxt was a very super serious thing and he was basically going against adam cole who had held the belt for what 300 days at that point um so <laughs> it was uh, he proved me wrong. And a lot of these guys have continuously shown that when you give them the opportunity, they can have good matches. And 
it's a spectacle and WWE's like you said, WWE has always done that with their celebrities. Uh, it was bad during the anonymous Raw GM era where they were bringing in a different celebrity each week, trying to do like a Saturday night live thing. And I think that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Um, if, if there's any complaint that anyone wants to make about this, it's like, well, Roman should just destroy this guy in like five seconds. Um, which would make me think there's got to be some kind of interference here, some storyline built into this uh, where someone has heat with He's Roman. got a really – he's got a douchebag brother that could, uh, you know, be a little bit of a reinforcement if you wanted to bring him with him. Right, and the problem is, is Logan Paul, I guess in the eyes of wrestling fans, is not necessarily a babyface, so – No, he needs to be a fucking heel. Like, Rick was putting him over too, like – this kid is a is a natural fucking heel. Like, I I would definitely go in that position very soon. Because I know so, that his audience, who was a lot of them were at that thing, that weren't wrestling fans necessarily. They like him, but I mean, really, it's like why would you why would you hold back that if you have someone that's such a perfect heel to make him a baby face to appease, even if there's a lot of them, his followers. You know, I think they're gonna like him even if he becomes a bad guy within the WWE. Yeah, I guess my thing is like you're doing that match. Roman should just squash the guy in like a minute, unless there's some kind of outside interference. Especially when you think about the bloodline being on Roman's side, who are you going to put yeah. with Paul to help him make that a match? Because it's going to have to be a smoke and mirrors type match, anyways. Um, so maybe Jake, maybe Jake does come in, but he's still going to need like one other person, right? Is that other person like Seth Rollins? Do you go that possibly? Route? So I, I, I'm gonna or Kevin it, Owens, but you know I don't have a huge. Well, Kevin Owens gave him a fucking stunner, so they're you know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Never mind, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was the match they should actually do. I mean, I get why you want the marquee title match or whatever, but oh man, if you want to bring out the heel and Logan Paul, have him go against. The, the prize fighter version of Kevin Owens that we're getting recently. Um, I still think that collectively, because I guess the draft's not happening, Chris. I guess they're kind of saying fuck it, and they're letting people go on each show. So I really think that Kevin Owens and, and Sammy are eventually going to win those fucking tag titles from the Usos. It's just going to take one beat down for that to get, you know, unless you like what you said, Solo decides to go against his family, but, you know. And then I guess potentially you could even have Kevin Owens going for Roman Reigns, but I still don't think Roman's going to have lose that title anytime soon, though. That's the only problem. Yeah, I mean Roman's. I, I think Roman is holding that thing until WrestleMania because the idea would be The Rock versus Roman for the title, right? Yeah, titles. But that also means that Roman had, unless they do something where Roman has to drop one of the belts and not the other one. It means The Rock has to win the Royal Rumble. And we also have to potentially see Austin Theory dropping the fucking money in the bank, you know, for bullshit reasons and losing also. I mean, he could cash, he could cash in at Mania. That would be an ultimate cash in if you cash in on Roman Reigns and The Rock. That's some fucking balls. And he didn't learn from Vince McMahon, who apparently had giant balls. He um, could so. just he could cash in and just lose, you know. That's 
It's not like they've never done that before. Uh, the Rock could just lay a th- smacketh down, <laughs> you know, like. Um, but I, the, the other back- option for Mania would be Cody, right? So Cody comes back if he's yeah. ready. Rumble wins Rumble, and then it's Cody versus Roman. But yeah, I don't think Roman's dropping the titles. No. There is some good, like like you said, Cody. Like you know, we've we've talked about the Rock. Uh, CM Punk, maybe Kevin Owens. There's there's some good people. Seth Rollins that could potentially now take that title off of Roman, but still, I think he has a leg up on it. But going even just circling back to the celebrity thing, I don't I don't give a shit if they're willing to put in the work. Triple H wants Tyson Fury when he retires to like work more with the WWE. He talked about Dwight Howard. You know, if 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 they want to fucking learn, fuck it. You know, I understand as, as long as you use them as like a marquee concept and don't put a belt on them, you know, what what the fuck's the difference? So kind of sidebar here with Dwight Howard. I met him at a SmackDown event. <laughs> yeah, apparently park. he's a huge fan, right? Yeah, he's a, I guess he's a big wrestling fan. He's a really nice guy, but I didn't realize. I mean, I knew he was a big guy because he's like seven foot tall and, and one, of, one of the most during his height of his career was one of the most dominant basketball centers of all time but meeting him in person this guy's fucking huge i look like danny devito and twins standing next to him (laughs) (laughs) fucking uh that would be awesome (laughs) if dwight howard wants to do that i'd be down for that it's like a more athletic shack (laughs) and he's a freak athlete so like if he went and trained and wanted to come wwe hell yeah i'm down for that that'd be fucking awesome also was a super nice guy took photos with us and everything um this is the short time he played for the atlanta hawks i believe uh but yeah uh big big ups to dwight howard for being a super nice guy and and making me feel like Danny DeVito and twins. Oh my God. I, that visual hilarious. And I got the, since I know what Dwight looks like and what you look like, I literally <laughs> like took the cover of the movie and put you guys. That's amazing. And little, were they wearing white suits with pink? Yeah. I don't yeah. remember. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. That shit's awesome. But super, super fucking nice guy. And I would tell, I mean, like I said, if it worked with Shaq, like Dwight Howard is is uh, in better shape than Shaq at this point of their respective careers. Yeah, he could make that work. That'd be fucking awesome. But it's just smart, like I said. And, and not only that, how many wrestlers came from different backgrounds that became huge wrestlers? Besides all the football players like Roman, Rock, Bill Goldberg, you know, you have – Amazing football players in the past, like Ernie Ladd and and uh, what you call Chief J Strombo was a football player, very well known. Or maybe it was Wahoo. Maybe I'm mixing up my Native American wrestlers. Well, even though Chief J Strombo was actually an Italian guy. Good job, Vince. Uh, senior, I believe, who made that one decision. But you know, like I said, like there's been celebrities outside of it. I mean, if anything, look at Pat McAfee. And kind of bringing it into that subject, kind of sucks. I'm very happy for Pat. Uh, my brother made me last weekend, last Saturday when we were in our hotel room getting ready for the wedding, watch uh, whatever the Saturday morning college college. college. Game day. It was it, it was nice, you know, seeing Pat and he seemed to fit in perfectly. But I'm definitely gonna miss him uh, commentating on SmackDown because I don't know. I, he made Michael Cole bearable for one thing, and uh, whenever they got him involved, I hope that. He does come back and do matches once in a while because 
he was a breath of fresh air. I would have fucking put him as a main contributor within everything, honestly, as a wrestler. Um, but what, whatever he's done, he gave uh, Vince his last match, Chris, and lost. He put Vince over. Very nice of him. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, he was my favorite commentary and uh, commentator in WWE. So it does suck that he is he is gone. Um, Raw's commentary team is terrible to me, by the way. I don't know how they fix that. They don't really have a play-by-play guy. <laughs> I was bitching you I about feel, this. I feel recently. bad for Jimmy. Jimmy's not well-versed in the wrestling as much. He's, he comes, he was a UFC fighter and then a UFC commentator and then, you know, broadcaster. And he has a very sports aspect, but it's basically put him out there. And I'm sure he's learned a lot. But he makes a bunch of mistakes because he doesn't know exact stuff from professional wrestling. And then Corey just fucking drives into him and, like, corrects things. But it's really awkward and doesn't really contribute well within the co- the conversation. And then you have Byron, who's just there to be, like, the little bitch boy to Corey so they can go back and forth with babyface and yeah. heel. But it's just very, very unorganized. Yeah, and they don't – they're not calling any move names now, like, on the play-by-play. They're like, oh, what they're they're going back to the what a maneuver Vince McMahon style of calling a match, which is just, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it makes X, it makes Excalibur seem like the fucking greatest commentator of all time, which is not, not, cool. the, not, not. And true. next week we're gonna have these matches. <laughs> I don't know how he does that, but it is incredible. Um, I feel bad for him when they make him do that shit. It's like, I don't even think that's his fault. Like, just take out one fucking segment so the man can, like, tell us what's going on next week. Who is the, who is the, the commentator? You, you just mentioned his name, and I'm spacing on it now. But uh, Jimmy Smith? I, yeah, I kind of made this joke. I was like, you know, Vince, they say that he hired Michael Cole because he kind of looks like Vince on commentary. It's like we have little Triple H now with this new look he's got going on on Raw. Yeah. My son, uh, can you uh, please do this the next time you talk? Uh, uh, it kind of does look like him. It's it's bad. They have Nigel McGuinness. Bring him back in. The fuck? Y'all just got rid of him off NXT. Dude. He would be the guy. Well, actually, let's, let's talk about that. The influx with the fact that they're building NXT uh, Europe or whatever it's called. They have now implemented all the major talent. Some of them that want to stay over there, they're going to be helping, you know, start this Europe promotion and in the building stages for that. But a lot of them that want to come over to NXT, the big names really, are all over here. We have the Kofi brothers and, and within Gallus uh, with uh, Wolfgang, I think is his name. But also, you know, Tyler Bate lost the title, had a great match with Braun Breaker the same weekend, actually the same day as AEW uh, with All Out uh, for the title. and. Lost it, you know, making Braun the official champion. But not only there, you have uh, um, Mako Satomura, you know, having an awesome match with it's. I don't remember Brie Peace, her new name, uh, B Priestley's new name, but she was a part of it. She's now a part of NXT. Mandy Rose ended up winning it. But, and actually, that was probably, I mean, look at who Mandy was working with, but probably her best performance I've ever seen her in the ring. Um, and then you have a kid who's now this new, like, video game luchador concept. Uh, I forgot, like, a com, I think his name is. And he's having a series of matches with Nathan Frazier, who's now here, 
Seth Rollins' protege that made a big splash in AEW on the dark shows uh, before he got signed. And all these great NXT talent, uh, JD, I think it's JD McDonough, whatever the hell they're calling Jordan Devlin now. Um, he's a part of it. And then last week, so we have JD who beats Tyler Bate for a title match. And then the one guy that has beaten JD a bunch of times, I'm just going to call him Jordan Devlin. Cause I don't remember exactly if it's JD McDonough. I think that my brain put that together, but whatever. Who comes out? Ilya Dragunov and gets right in the face of Braun Breaker. So if you're going to try to get me to watch NXT, they're still going to have those stupid matches with the chick that likes to fall asleep and the backstage promos that are awkward as fuck. Solo Sokoa, because he's not necessarily a part of NXT, had to drop the North American title, even though they let him go out there and win it. Sean's now like the, the, the person even on television that's calling the shots like Regal used to do. There's a lot of stuff that's going good for them, and then they have some of the green-ass talent in there that makes me just fucking shake my head. But I will say, I like the pay-per-view, and I liked all the NXT wrestlers from the UK now being brought into the mix with all the US wrestlers. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think that NXT Europe is going to happen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that these NXT UK stars are just going to be in NXT. Um I just don't have, they've been talking about doing NXT Europe for fucking years at this point. So I just don't see that. If you, if you're going to get rid of NXT UK because you don't want to pay to produce that show, I don't see them doing a second NXT Europe show. But, uh, that, that being said, the, it's great. It's an influx of talent. They, they, there's influx of talent. They desperately needed on NXT 2.0. Um, to help build these guys and get them to the next level because the NXT UK roster, like as far as in ring wrestling goes and, and years of experience was way better than what they had in NXT 2.0. They had a lot of green talent. Yep. So bring these guys in, it lets you set up and build. It's, it's kind of what we were saying with the main roster, like sending more guys down there, which they have done recently with Ricochet, um, which by the way, that's like one of the last NXT 2.0s I watched outside of the pay-per-view was, that fucking uh uh god who was the chance he just carmelo. dropped to carmelo hayes and ricochet yelling at each other <laughs> they had a great match though on that pay-per-view they did but yeah <laughs> the week after they were just yelling <laughs> when they were he was wrestling um trick <laughs> ricochet was wrestling trick <laughs> and the entire time ricochet and carmelo hayes are having <laughs> a conversation with each other while Carmelo was on commentary. That was some great a shit. Uh, that was really good. Um, but yeah, like, uh, who did he, uh, he just dropped the, t- he just dropped his title to solo Sokoa, right? Like, or yeah. And then solo him. gave it. Yeah. They stripped him. And so now he's going to be going against someone. And I forgot who it was for that title very soon. So basically they put it on solo just so he could have it at the press conference and have all championship belts for that Logan Paul thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't under, <sighs> there is no brand split. So why does it matter? <laughs> he could have just had both. Um, Solo Sokoa is, is a guy that I was kind of behind. Even at the beginning NXT 2.0, when we were still trying to give it a chance, he was one of the bright spots on the show. So I am glad that they moved him to the main roster. Uh, Braun Breaker, I think, has an expiration date on this show. 
So after this Ilya Dragunov, if, if they want to have him drop the title there, I think that might not be the worst move because he needs to be on the main roster. He probably should have already been there at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. But I don't I don't think there's much more that he can do in NXT. Like he's not going to learn anything else there at this point. I think his promos now that he's channeled his inner Scott Steiner on his promos a little bit. Uh <laughs> They've gotten better, and he's always been pretty damn good in the ring as long as you you give him a decent opponent. So it's it's probably time for him to move on um, and maybe go against, like, a Bobby Lashley for the U.S. championship. That would be a great match. So you think that if anyone's going to take it off of him right now with the fact that he beat Tyler Bate, he beat J.D. McDonough, uh, Tyler lost to J.D. this last week. J.D. has now another chance against him. Doubt he's going to win, even though I – Really like uh, Jordan Devlin, Finn Balor's protege. Um, it seems like he's also on his way out just because he's been a part of NXT UK for so fucking long. Same thing I could say about Tyler Bate. Ilya Dragunov is not a, a bad person to put that title next on and actually get that win since he's beaten people like fucking Gunther in the past, you know, to get that win to send Braun Breaker inevitably to either Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, and I think that he's a good heel, right, um, to play that role so that you can build a new babyface to chase after the title. So I think that he is probably the best option they have. And I would think that you would want to move Braun Breaker up before Rumble so that he can be in the Rumble and get a bunch of eliminations because um, that's an easy way to build build that kind of character, you know. I just wish his name was Rex Steiner, but, uh, or Braun Steiner is fine, since that's actually his literal last name. Braun Steiner uh, is actually Steiner's last name. They shortened it. Maybe they'll change it when he goes to the main roster. I Hopefully. Mean, I'm glad. They gave Riddle yeah, back. I think you're about Matt. to say the same thing, yeah. They gave Riddle his name back, and they gave Austin Theory his uh, Austin back, because Theory is a stupid fucking name for wrestler, and so is Riddle. Especially when Matt Riddle was a UFC fighter for years. Jesus. This is like – Austin Theory is like the opposite of CM Punk, though. Like, they asked him – like, he's like, well, I don't even want Austin back. I don't care. And then they they just low-key gave him his name back instead of him making a huge deal about it. It's kind of funny. It's like – I never thought WWE would be so much of the opposite now. It's like people are so happy. It seems like people are so much happier now <laughs> that Triple H showed up. It's weird. Yeah, well, people are making phone calls trying to get back over there. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I, now, we did talk about this a little bit earlier, but Tony going off, I understand that because, like, people were trying to take oh, contracted wrestlers. Triple H was fucking with them. Triple H is definitely fucking with them. I don't think there's any doubt in that, or at least WWE. Uh, yeah. So the fact that you don't you don't put you don't know like you don't put a fucking UK pay per view on the same week that he's been doing for the last three years their biggest pay per view of the year. So maybe it was a Vince decision. I don't know. Well, I mean, what they booked Cardiff like you know they had to book that fucking arena. Like that thing was that would yeah. have been scheduled. I I wonder how much of that just was incidental, just because you. When you're talking about booking a big ass venue like that, how many dates are actually open, right? Yeah, he but he was definitely mad in the press conference talking about that whole thing. How like, ooh, magically, or at least in his head, 
I have all out every year. They do this. And then the day of, they also put their NXT pay-per-view. So, and he said, he's not going to be taking it much more. So apparently Tony's got some stuff underneath his sleeve to put it back to WWE, which honestly, if you're going to try to put like one of your pay-per-views pinned against one of theirs, just don't do it. It's not intelligent. Like just take the high road, honestly, at this point. They they know even if that they do this WWE does this they will not acknowledge you but they will fuck with you in a business sense. I mean, it seemed like the way Tony brought it up, like he he said like I guess there there's gonna be no working relationship. It was like was he talking to them about having a working relationship because that that's interesting. It, apparently he was trying to be cordial with them, but here's a problem. You know, and, and, and Jericho said something about this, too, about, you know, there shouldn't be that any blab, bad blood from wrestlers here towards WWE. Guys, you have literally weeks and weeks said promos from various wrestlers or you had Taz on commentary cutting down WWE directly. So at the same time, if you're trying to be cordial and they're not even acknowledging you exist, it doesn't really look good on your end if you want a relationship with them. Uh, to be fair, Tony Khan should have knew what it was when Triple H came out and said, good good job, you beat our developmental brand. Yeah, he wasn't happy with that comment either. Uh, and uh, you, this is this is stuff. This is called these are head games, man. I mean, it's it's a competitive industry. And you guys are going to be the number two because they consider themselves the number one until you prove that you're the number one. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So don't even think you're a number two. Fuck them. Let them do whatever. Yeah. On their own island, you guys are doing your own thing. With, with the fact that the way TV deals and stuff work now, it, it to me it doesn't make any sense that these two companies wouldn't want to work together for live events in the future because you're just both going to make way more money. Like Kitty Omega versus fucking Roman Reigns, sure, let's do that. Yeah. Moxley versus Reigns, Shield versus Mox versus Reigns, this title. Oh, dude, if you throw. I mean, this is. I was thinking about this too. This is kind of going to go off. I mean, we're getting close to the end of the show, anyways. But I think it's really going to suck that in the future, if we don't get, I think that cooler heads can prevail, and I think people are going to jump from one company to the other. I don't think that that's not going to happen. But I would love, especially for a title, if we eventually at WrestleMania get a main event between Seth, Roman, and Mox. I think that would be one of the biggest three ways they could possibly do. And actually a three-way match I'd want to see because of what it represents mainly. But, I mean, if they could have a crossover, they could fucking do that. But I don't think that's ever going to happen with AEW and WWE now. Seems like there's a lot of bad blood with Tony. And, uh, I mean, it's, he's even talked shit about Nick Khan at, at, at press conferences. I don't understand why Tony thought that they were just, like, cool all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The way he was saying it seemed like they had some discussions about maybe doing some kind of crossover and that his feelings got hurt recently, <laughs> which is just weird. Uh, yeah. Poaching talent. We all know that Malachi might have been that person they were referring to um, of, of uh, you know, WWE finding out information about them. But, uh, yeah, Tony's uh, not happy with uh, Hunter, I would say. I mean, me and you called this, the game. We called this years ago, right? Like, it was all fun and games in AEW, but eventually, 
you're going to have people not not everyone is just going to be going to AEW. eventually you're going to get the other the grass is greener maybe over here and start starting to see people want to jump like ask for their release to go to wwe which now is what we're seeing like we knew it was eventually going to come i didn't know it was going to come in the form of vince like no longer being in charge <laughs> and also i did not think it was going to come in one of the it seemed like hands-on EVP being the one that left initially to start off this concept with Cody Rhodes. Right. Like there was no way that we could, could have predicted those scenarios, but we knew eventually like someone's contract would come up, a big names contract would come up and that would be it. And it, well, actually we kind of predicted it. We didn't, I didn't think it was going to be Cody Rhodes, but that's what happened. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, um, it's, it, it was just two most shocking out. things this year. Cody leaves to go to WWE, and Vince McMahon gets thrown out of WWE, and Hunter takes over. And the third one would now, be... Now, even if Cody's number two, <laughs> CM Punk going off in the fucking back. <laughs> the presser. Holy yeah. shit, man. It's been a crazy year for wrestling. I mean, when we, we go top moments of, in wrestling this year on our... It's going to be real moments. Show, it's all going to be real shit. <laughs> for, <laughs> for the most part. Like... um. Yeah, it's it's been a wild ride this year, and we're not even finished. We still got we still got a few months left. Um, geez, Louise, man, are they gonna do Halloween Havoc this year? Have you heard? No, I I think they're doing it. They usually do it as an NXT pay per view, but I kind of hope it becomes a main roster one maybe next year. So I'm assuming they're still doing that for NXT. But this brings up something that we should definitely talk about. There's a couple more subjects I want to talk about before we get out of here. I think we've gone over the majority of them. But you brought it up. An NXT pay-per-view, War Games, is now going to be a part of Survivor Series with two War Games matches every year with the winner winning something actually like, you know, actually of, of significance. And apparently this is going to be an every year thing. So I'm assuming they're still going to do their four on four, five on five, but these are going to, it's maybe it'll just be like two matches, like the men's match and the women's match, but the war games ones are now a part of survivor series. They have taken the two Thanksgiving related pay-per-views and merged them to one, Chris. Uh, I, I would be completely fine with them getting rid of survivor series matches altogether and just doing war games matches. That's fine with me too. If you're going to call it Survivor Series War Games, I'm fine with that. Just do the War Games matches. They're better matches. Um, there's very few Survivor Series matches I've watched that I actually enjoyed. Yeah, and I think that me and you would rather singles matches between guys from both sides. Like, you know, a Seth versus Roman match set up for that. Or your IC champion going against your US champion. You know, something like that. And then have the War Games matches. You don't really need the five on five. Well, see that—that's the thing. If they're not—if they're no longer doing a brand split, real a real brand split, that there's no need for Survivor Series matches at all because they've—they've they've conditioned us to believe that it's always red brand brand versus blue brand, right? So by making it Survivor Series War Games, that further leans into maybe this brand split is no more. Uh, that's which good point. I'll- I don't know. It's craziness, but I'm definitely happy that this is another th- situation. I can't say I'm complaining about Hunter and ha- the with the press conference and actually getting me hyped on a fucking match with Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. 
the fact that he just sees it in the sports mind. He's doing a lot of the stuff that he implemented with NXT, bringing back talent. Well, the last thing I want to talk about is the whole White Rabbit concept. Um, I think Hunter's doing a lot of good stuff. There's still a lot of stuff to grow, but I'm not – like I've liked SmackDown a majority of the times as of recently, but I'm not dreading Raw anymore. Like it gets – it's too long, but it still has my attention, and I like a lot of the stuff they're positioning. And SmackDown's now pretty much my favorite show next to AEW Dynamite every week. Uh, it's gotten better, so I don't know. I, I will – I will say one thing that Triple H has done is like kind of the keep it simple, stupid mindset. Yep. Let's give people longer format wrestling matches. Let's try to book a little bit of long-term storylines to build to the pay-per-views. He's, he's dumbed some things down, but it's made the show better. Uh, there's still obvious problems I have with WWE, which is the production aspect. We're still getting like a bazillion fucking camera cuts. Uh, which is still yeah, what's terrible. the deal is is there like maybe a contract like you would think that since they have nothing good to say in the past about each other triple h would have fucking fired kevin dunn right at the beginning but he's still there still doing his thing that people complain about the problem with the i hate the camera cuts in general is that a vince request but i i hate i absolutely hate when you when they they're doing it so much it cuts away from whatever the fuck is actually happening. Um, especially if there's anyone on the outside yeah. being doing anything, it just becomes like a distraction to what the actual match is. And when you have like someone like AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley and they're having a match, just film the fucking match. <laughs> like, and not only that, with them, you don't have to worry about uh, what's the word daylight, if you will, between punches with them because they're actually not pussies. And they're, they're actually legitimately hitting each other to some extent, not missing and woofing, which uh, is the reason why apparently they do these cuts to make it look like all the punches are fluid. I, it, they would have learned that NXT class, I guess. I don't know. Well, they, they should have kept Jeff Jarrett around. He could have just fucking gave punching lessons. <laughs> new Jeff. There was another person that impressed me with their punches recently. I was like, God damn, those are good punches. I don't remember who it was. doesn't matter. Um, let's talk about the two. Uh, we brought up one of them, and I kind of indirectly brought up the other one. But the two uh, the two dark men within wrestling that don't have a home. You know, we, we brought up Malachi, and we talked about there are, there are issues in his life, uh, lots of things uh, reported. You know, a death of uh, one of his family members. He didn't disclose who, but we also know that you know, his wife, who hasn't really been involved with WWE as much right now, uh, her father passed away. It's been a rough year. Also, from what we hear from the side of the uh, the journalists, you know, aspects of his own personal mental health, uh, that he did not like that situation kind of getting out there. But whatever, you know, we've already talked about that. And also him not being happy with what's going on with him at the company, getting told they'd be using him in a bit different way, you know, and then I guess he checked out and his whole thing was trying to help out uh, the two members of his team at some point. But essentially Malachi got his release. Um, and it was right before we had such a cool moment with one of his, so it's, a, it's, it's a conditional release, right? Yes. 
Yeah, he so, there he he's not able to go and go to another huge company a la WWE for a very long time. So he wouldn't be able to do that for a minute. So but I, I don't know if it's he's not disclosed he, how much time it is. Right. So like I wonder if he's because if I'm Tony Khan, this is what I do with that contract, which is just fucking sit on it. Because I'm not just going to give WWE wrestlers pay him and sit on the contract. That's the conditional release. Like I'm going to pay you, but you can't go anywhere else. And he's got like two and a half years of the thing left on his contract. I don't know exactly. And that's the thing is like Tony's such a nice guy. I hope he didn't screw himself over with this. Regardless of the situation of what happened, we do hear that there were feelers from you know WWE wondering when he was done or him contacting WWE. Because now that Hunter's involved, that's a whole entire different situation for Malachi to go back to Aleister Black and potentially become a huge person on the main roster. Um, especially since he's bulked up since then. You know, there's a lot of factors in it. But at the same time, you fucking signed a contract. You were getting paid a lot of money from the person. You're still in a prominent place, even though I understand you're putting people over. And even though he apparently loved the, the, the whole entire feud with Sting and Darby because he's a big Sting fan, you know, it was wearing him thin, not really getting a chance outside of that. I don't know if, if him winning over Pac for the, uh, the All-Atlantic, even though it's sometimes in the Pacific title, would have helped things or not. But I can see where he's coming from. But at the same time, though, you fucking signed a contract. You got to do that. So I hope that he did at least take time from him being able to make, like, if he wants to, I don't think a jump to an impact wrestling Tony's going to give a fuck about. We know who he does not want them going with. And that's like New Japan, maybe. I know that he always talked about wanting to do that because he was a huge fan of New Japan and All Japan when he was a kid and watched that over in uh, Amsterdam. But at the same time, it's like, you know, would that piss off Tony or would Tony be like, all right, go work with them, you know, whatever. I hope he did. Like, I love, I'd love to see Aleister Black next week on fucking WWE. Uh, but just, just taking everything and putting in perspective, that's really fucking over a guy that probably was trying to do you good, just trying to fit you in with a huge fucking roster, even though that's his fault that he actually, you know, collected throughout the last, what, year and a half? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of surprising coming on the fact that they got trios titles because that's the perfect heel faction to win the trios titles from the Bucks and Kenny if if the punk stuff doesn't happen. But he was already kind of on his way out. So I don't know if those conversations happened, but I just kind of naturally assumed with them not being part of the tournament that they would be the next foes for the Bucks in Kenny. Right? Yeah. So I, 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 I don't know. We don't know what was promised when he was brought in. Like if he signed a deal and they're like, oh, man, we're going to give you this massive push. You're going to go straight to the top. Uh, he gets there and then they build the faction and then he just does trios matches. I could see why you'd be a little pissed off, right? Oh, yeah. No, I get it. I get it on both perspectives. And like I said, I don't know. I, I really am a huge fan of Aleister Black. I've always said it's like, even though he's, we'll, we'll talk about that aspect too. He's always been like Undertaker meets Great Muda to me. 
you know, much more of like the fighting style, but this dark character, but obviously visually like a shorter taker type look and his entrance. I don't think Triple H was when he was creating that character, didn't think taker uh, at least. Um, right. But at the same time, man, it's it's like I understand shit's going on. You signed a fucking contract and I hope Tony wasn't It's like, all right, you got a year. It's like, no, man, hold him to that shit because, I mean, it would suck for him not to be able to work, go back to WWE, but you can't just be like, all right, I got two and a half years left on my contract. Let me just, you know, try to get out of it to go back to the other fucking bigger organization. That's not cool. We, I mean, we've said the same thing about like Sasha before, right? On, yep. on the opposite side of the fence. Just, yeah. just because you're not happy with what's going on doesn't mean you get to take your ball and go home. Doesn't mean exactly. that I have to release you from your contract. Like you signed this contract, so that you can go work for the competition, basically. I think it's shitty that that wrestlers get locked up for as long as they they do, and they're independent contractors. Which the term independent contractor means that you should take you should be able to take on other contracts while under a contract i think that's kind of fucked up and it, and it calls into question the term independent contractor in wrestling um but that being said you did sign the deal you knew what it was it's not like this is a new thing if you're tony khan you can't just let the guy go for nothing um if, if yep. wwe really wants him i think the way to do this would be tony khan should be like hey if you want him buy out the contract pay me for the rest of the contract and then like that's what would happen like in sports right you would make a a a trade a trade of some sort like i'll give you this guy what am i getting back um last night though there but that would be the way to handle it like who who doesn't want to work in wwe who can you trade me (laughs) for malachi just make some trades man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so you guys want to leave too? All right, so we're going to find out people that want to leave WWE. Let's get down to the fucking bottom of this. See if we can make some trades. All right, so but like last night, I'm thinking about this, and I love the whole match. We have basically the end of this whole entire thing, but now Malachi's out of situation. We have Buddy and Brody, and they're going against Sting and Darby, and at one point, fucking Darby gets destroyed like normal, and Sting is by himself. He's now, you know, them and... Um, What's what's their female accomplice that's had like five matches and she used to be a cheerleader? Natalia Hart or not Natalia Hart, uh, Julia Hart. Sorry, Julia Hart. OK, all of them are basically taking Sting and they are, you know, with his hands tied behind his back on a steel chair, uh, you know, just fucking him up and stuff like that. And who comes out to save him? But literally Malachi Black's favorite wrestler of all time. Keiji Muto, the great Muta, who's on his last year, uh, comes out to the ring and ends up saving Sting and spraying Buddy in the face. And then Sting breaks out of the chair and they beat the hell out of the heels and stand strong and hug each other in the ring. Man, Malachi not being a part of that whole situation fucking sucked. Because I was looking forward to a Malachi-Sting match. We never got singles. And I really would have loved either Malachi versus... Like, if that got done to him and we got fucking Muda and, and Malachi, or if he actually screwed over Sting and we have Malachi and Muda going against Darby and Sting, I mean, the fanboy in me just jumps out of my skin. But 
that obviously is not going to happen. Just crazy that Malachi gets ra- granted his release, you know, right around the same time. They got great Muda involved. And I hope to see him again. I hope that wasn't just a one-off, but if it was, still pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I would assume that he knew that this was coming because Muda's been booking all of his dates way ahead of time. Because he's done in November. The Bye Bye Muda thing is on a Tuesday in, like, November, which is kind of crazy because they have, what, Pro Wrestling Noah is running the Tokyo Dome, which doesn't happen that wow. often. Um, so that's that's going to be a cool event. I'm definitely going to check that out. But uh, I would think that this was planned at, like way ahead of time just because Muda's he's only got a certain set of dates left and he's going to be done. And if anyone deserves to ride out into the fucking sunset, it's Muda. Uh, definitely the most decorated. I don't want to say greatest Japanese wrestler of all time, but the most decorated Japanese wrestler of all time between all Japan and new Japan is, is Keiji Muda and uh, a, a fucking absolute legend. If is he in the WWE hall of fame? If not fucking, he should be the same year. Um, That's I, a good question. In, in America to the, the two most recognizable Japanese wrestling names of all time are going to be fucking Muda and, and Jushin Thunder. Jushin. Uh, within great reason i think some of the stuff they did i the stuff that the little promo they did with sting after that should have been on your fucking show like y'all should have figured that out there was a promo afterwards the 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 thing you shit me on instagram oh oh yeah 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 yeah. no that's right i I thought you were talking about they had like an in-ring promo with the two of them talking yeah that was great and that would have been great on the program but they had to like you know fucking shit out 60 matches in two hours um, but yeah, like really cool moment. Glad that we got, glad that we got Muda and, and I mean, his biggest rival in the States was Sting. So it was cool to see those two for him to make the save, uh, was cool. And, uh, Julie Hart almost fucking killed herself going through that table. What the fuck? Oh, <laughs> Jesus. God, she's too small. Yeah, well, she, she missed her like ass like barely hit the edge of the table and then she went like into the fucking guardrail uh yeah. that was scary i heard that she's okay but that was a f- scary bump um wow, yeah he's not in the hall of fame yeah i i don't if if jushin liger's in that hall of fame then he should be in in that hall of fame as well um so maybe yeah i mean happen. they've got a lot of They've got Fujinami in the Hall of Fame. They got Antonio Inoki. They got Great Baba. They got Jushin. They've definitely put some big names from Japan. I have no idea how the Great Muda. I guess technically he never worked in WWE, but that doesn't stop them in a lot of other situations. Neither did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Express. Well, with him, with them owning WCW, right? He was a big part of WCW in the early '90s against Sting. Yeah, in Japanese tour of WCW going to Japan, so like uh, the same. And then he, when he, he worked, Shono joined the NWO. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but uh, let's last thing that I want to talk about. So they have been doing these little things during the audience and the commercials for house shows and the shows themselves the last two weeks, where they go dark. And they start playing White Rabbit. Uh, Jefferson Starship, Jefferson Airplane has now become one of the biggest w- or wrestling uh, incorporated 
uh, musicians of modern days with Jane coming back as Orange Cassidy's music and now White Rabbit. But um, Still- <laughs> <laughs> they're beating Limp Bizkit right now, I think. Uh, I, I fucking still hate Jane. I, 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 the Pixies were a way better choice for Orange Cassidy, but whatever. But um, yeah, the White Rabbit playing uh, in this weird like little video, and then we had a. Uh, uh, there was one last night, but I think I was a little bit too um, drunk uh, to remember or or see it honestly in the in the background, but. I saw something while we were doing our show. There was another one, but there was a QR code last week that brought into like this whole weird concept. And at one part it said, who ended the world? And it said, you did. And it pointed to the, basically to the person. All right. So I'm just going to get this down to what everyone is assuming this is. Apparently Bray Wyatt talked recently to Triple H and WWE. Apparently he's coming back. And apparently this is going to be a new iteration of whatever the fuck he's going to do within the future. Now with the white rabbit, we know that he had that fucking puppet rabbit involved in the fun house, but I don't even know if that is direct. Like I, I have no idea. The one thing about Bray is he's so damn creative that it's intriguing. Nonetheless, whatever the fuck he's going to do. I know I don't want to see all the things he did not like about the fiend or anything involved with the fiend. Really? Like, if, if he wants to have that as an extra character that's, like, uh, his Cactus Jack, if you will, that he's going to slam to go against someone to really fuck him up, and once in a while we get that rendition, that's fine. Even the demon, if you will. But I don't want to see the theme. I want to see a new iteration with Bray Wyatt. And, you know, you have the options now that they're all apart. There was that rumor that – and it was apparently for Fight Your Narrative, whatever – um, where it was going to be Bray involved with Cross, Scarlet, and potentially either Braun Strowman or Sean, um, well now Dexter Loomis, uh, whatever the fuck. There was all these rumors with them swirling around as like, you know, something. They made He made videos specifically with Scarlet and Killer Cross on his YouTube. I don't know. I, I'm wondering what this White Rabbit concept is, if it's related to Bray Wyatt and even though I've never been the biggest fan of him in the ring per se, is like he's not a great technical wrestler. I like his in-ring psychology, or and more so his mindset on setting up stuff, match-wise or creatively for himself. So, what the fuck do you think this is, Chris? Is he gonna come out in a rabbit costume on Easter next year and a giant egg or some shit? And like, <laughs> like, 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 I mean, it's like, like a leather right. face meets. Rabbit, if you will. Oh, that's why Halloween Havoc. Like, and if they were doing it, doesn't it seem like they do something main roster with Havoc this year, and that's when you do the White Rabbit? Are they going to tease it yeah. that long? The t- the QR codes are literally just promoting each show. By the way, they're like tune into SmackDown. They're all oh, there's a QR it- code. It's smart marketing, though. I don't. You think like so? Because I little video. I mean, their average audience's age is like in their forties. You think these fuckers are scanning these codes? Well, a lot of people are talking about it, and we're talking about it, so it's got to be doing some type of influence. It's just, what the fuck do they mean? You know, we ruined the world. 
<laughs> well, who ruined the world? You did. Is he taught? Is he if he comes back as an anti-authority figure? Uh, that's interesting. I think that would be the way I would go with it. Since he got fired by Vince and Vince is no longer there, now he's here to take the company down. I I think that would be where I would go with it, but I don't know, man. There's a lot of interesting things you can do with Bray. Um, one of the things I was most excited about with the potential of him leaving and going somewhere else was to see him not work at WWE style because this WWE style yeah. of wrestling, I hate. <laughs> I just there's never really been a great Bray Wyatt match. Do you think with and we've seen a lot? I'm not going to say a lot less WWE style, but we've seen Hunter's version of that. Do you think that will kind of make it or break it to you if if Bray's actually a good worker? If now under Hunter he's able to like you know wrestle to a level that he probably wasn't during Vince's reign, I guess. Well, I don't want to say Bray's not a good worker because he's not out there hurting anyone, right? Like he's yeah, he's solid in the ring. It's just boring. <laughs> it's yep. It's it's it's, it's so over methodical. <laughs> it's like a slower version of Randy Orton and not as crisp. Uh, it's like a slower version of Kane and not as crisp. Um, so that's it's more of a preference of what kind of matches you like more than anything else. But I mean, the character he also to me, the thing is, is like I know people like his promo style or whatever. He's like Raven. Like they don't the promos don't mean anything. Yeah, they sound good, but it's just a bunch of fucking words strand together. <laughs> they don't actually go anywhere. <laughs> like you're going to do these big promos. Eventually it should lead. And I have to beat so-and-so's ass. They never get there, <laughs> which is why, yep. you know, the Bray Wyatt cult leader thing kind of worked because it's like, he sounds like a crazy person. I believe that you don't understand why he's fighting anyone, but <laughs> at least he has like a cult. Um, but, you know, I'll take a flyer on it. We'll see what happens. I mean, we're, Pretty much everyone is convinced it is Bray Wyatt, though, right? I, I I mean, who else would it be? And that's why it's like, yeah, he's known for – he did one <laughs> – Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. Um, And that's the thing. It's like with him. Do you do him by himself as like this – not the fiend necessarily, but like just by himself position maybe as like this Undertaker now concept of him just going straight after everyone himself? You have on one side of the aisle, you have people that he's wanted to work with on SmackDown with Scarlet and, and Killer Cross that are also darker characters. And then you have on the other side, no one's really – Rhea's kind of the leader of their organization. You could throw fucking Bray there, – there's several things you could do with Bray Wyatt. I just want to see his – I don't know. I want to – if you're going to do this, you can't fucking back out because there's been – now, what, three times with Bray? One when he first came and he was doing his things and honestly had one of the weirdest matches with John Cena where their children came out singing We Have the Whole World in Our Hands. Creepy shit, but just a weird-ass fucking match. You could have done something with him around that time, and then you cool him off, and then you give him the fucking belt just so that he could lose really quickly to Randy Orton. And then you, The Fiend, the way he builds it and how he just wanted to have like the Firefly Funhouse as this weird thing at first and have that end 
But since that became popular, Vince wanted him to keep on doing that. And he goes from destroying people to having that fucking terrible match with Seth that he never recovered from with the giant fucking hammer. Um, it's, it's been a lot of, is it, is it Bray's fault or is it the person that he's worked under? And I want to see what Bray can do with Triple H now in charge going forward. I don't really care if he's involved with a group or if he's by himself. It's now up to Bray to show us a different side of him. But, you know, Braun Strowman just, just showed up. And I'm, you know, I've never been the biggest fan, but I was happy to see him back. So, Bray, I'll be even more happy. I'll just say that. Uh, well, his next thing is on Raw. Um Dexter Loomis is going to need a partner for this Miz thing. Is he Dexter Loomis's partner? Or are they just going to put the creeps together? Yeah, put all the creepy creeps together. Well, if you I... put Braun back with them too, if you want. But you, but you get what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah. It's like they're setting up a tag match. Who's going to be Dexter Loomis's partner? Are they going to just do the White Rabbit and and that's him? And then he turns on Loomis and that's your feud. Could be it. I can uh, see that. Other than that, like the, if I was booking, if I was going to book Bray Wyatt and I was going to bring him back in, uh, and depending on the reaction he gets when he comes back, I would make him the opponent for Roman going forward until we get to whatever they're going to do at Mania, whether it's Cody or whether it's The Rock. Uh, have him start individually picking off members of the bloodline and build it that way. Um, as the bloodline is kind of the chosen ones of this group that kind of, they just run wild and do whatever they want. And him coming back after getting fired, I would build that storyline. I don't think you necessarily have to go the fiend. You could go the fiend. If you want, it would make sense. The fiend would go after Roman. Uh, but that's what I would do. Is do you like picking them off one at a time? Do you like the idea that I presented though, instead of using the fiend, like just, I know he's popular. I know the mass sells. But utilizing that maybe later within whatever storyline will develop, if this is Bray Wyatt, as like a, you know, break glass, like a Cactus Jack style concept, like Bray will go to that level if he feels like he needs to. So then you can utilize it when you want to, but you don't have to fucking oversaturate it with just the theme. Well, I mean, they kind of were doing that, though, with the Funhouse stuff, and he was wrestling as just Bray Wyatt in certain situations. I think they should kind of like do face to fully with him where they kind of like dive into his psyche and let him present these different characters depending on who he's going against and whatnot. I think that would be, that would be kind of fun because he's created I, a bunch I, of them. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, it's a toss up for me because I would just, I would not have him say anything and come back as the fiend and just run through the bloodline leading up to a match with Roman. That's what I would do. Um, but there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, we're not going to know what it is. He's very creative, so he may have something completely different. I mean, he did the Kabuki, the Kabuki demon mask. He seemed like he wanted to do something with that. Maybe he comes back as a completely different character altogether. Um, yep. So I'm, I'm here for it. We'll see. I just know that I'm not a huge fan of his entering matches. So uh, <laughs> hopefully they, they let him do with, the, with them giving them 15, 20 minutes. I think that actually works in his favor a little bit. Yeah, I could agree. Uh, my biggest thing is uh, keep Alexa bliss the fuck away from him. 
Yes. Uh, anyways. And that and that's worrisome because they've been the story they're telling with Alexa Bliss is that she doesn't really know who she is right now when she's wrestling in the ring. And and they've kind of been telling that story on commentary, and that makes me worried. And Triple H has openly said he wants Alexa to be heel again. I hope they don't squash those two back together. Like to me, that's immediate death for Bray Wyatt. Yeah. On return. It's really not it's really not Joker and Harley. It's doesn't no one fucking I mean, I'm sure there's kids that like it, but I did not like it at all. I, I, I mean I shit on the fiend a lot, but it was not because of the fiend. It was because of the way the fiend was booked. Like with the red lighting, uh some of the They oversaturated just, it and did some stupid booking decisions involving a cool character. The funhouse stuff was was fun. I, I actually enjoyed it. I thought the promos were good. I thought it was building to an anti character. And then when the fiend would come out, now he's got red lights and now he's got a giant fucking hammer and Seth's crying in the corner of the ring and <laughs> now he's losing to Braun Strowman for no reason. And then now he's like Alexa Bliss is bleeding black, which makes like him uh weak or some like just dumb shit like i i and this is i don't know that th- this is what makes undertaker and kane so great they're the only two characters that that shit works with and has ever really worked with <laughs> like yep i i don't know that that's ever going i and i know they wanted to do that with kind of malachi black and alistair black and very whatever company he was in they've tried to do this I think it's just proven that Undertaker and Kane are just very fucking special. And it was. I'm sure you agree with me. I'll put a best up there too, but he never was exposed in the WWE. So he's been the best person since Undertaker and Kane to try that. But Abyss wasn't really supernatural. He was just like a psych ward lunatic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but very Kane meets Foley, basically. Yeah. He, I would say more like Mick Foley. Um, Ta- like early t- Tasmaniac Taz type kid. Okay. Like more of like a collector type deal. But but as far as like supernatural shit, like coming back from the dead and throwing lightning bolts and like people bleeding out of their head and shit. Like I, the only reason that worked is because Glenn Jacobs and, and Mark Calloway are fucking two of the greatest wrestlers of all time, especially for their size. I don't, I don't know that, that supernatural stuff, especially in today's age. I think people look at that and roll their eyes. Um, yeah. Now the idea of the fiend just being a dominant heel that this different level that you can go to kind of like what the demon was until they fucking started doing fighting with him and killed this character by the ring exploding. Um, something like that, I think might work in wrestling, but. Oh, the demon, you know, I, I really hope that once, I mean, he's it, what what he's in is fine. He's the odd man out of that group, though. I think that Rhea Ripley and um, Damian Priest are getting more work out of that group than Finn is. I really hope that if we're going to have any type of resurgence to Finn Balor, it's when Jordan Devlin makes his way to WWE and maybe calls out his own – because he's such a great heel – calls out his old fucking you know, uh, teacher and brings something out of him that we haven't seen since – Really, for the beginning portion of him at NXT, and then he kind of trailed off even there. Because Finn Balor's still one of my favorite wrestlers in the ring. I love the demon concept. It just, God, he never can catch a break. I swear to God. 
so they planted a seed on Raw, and I don't know if they're going to follow through with it or not, but I thought it was really great. Finn Balor was having the conversation with AJ Styles, and he says, well, the offer is always open about them joining each other because of their their friendship in the Bullet Club. Um, That's intriguing because AJ Styles is the leader of Judgment Day. makes a lot more sense than what they have going on now. Yeah. And that, you know, AJ Styles versus Edge, I think that is a very intriguing thing going forward. So or planning AJ, AJ and uh, Finn going against Edge and Ray is also a fucking awesome match. Right. And like you can now now you can start looking at like, OK, who can we get who can we give a rub to? Like, who can we bring up and give a rub to like that would help out Ray and, and Edge? Um, so that, that would be where I, I go with that. But, uh, yeah, just, just when you brought up Finn Balor, I, I meant to bring it up earlier just cause I thought it was kind of a little nod to the bullet club, which I, I found intriguing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Let's see what happens with that. Uh, before we go, we had a really good show. We talked about a lot. Is there anything else that you can think of? Cause I'm pretty much clear to my head that you wanted to bring up for the show. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of wrestling stuff that uh, the, the if if you haven't seen it, check out Brian Alvarez uh, versus Filthy Tom Lawler in that intergender tag match. That was pretty fucking funny from uh, the pay-per-view weekend that we had, the, the double or nothing pay-per-view weekend with Cardiff and all that stuff. That was a, a match on Friday night. I'm, I think you can find it on Fight TV. Um Crazy, just crazy stuff in wrestling. I got, I got to watch Victory Road all the way through. I did see the Bobby Fish stuff. I need to watch that pay per view. And then I heard CMLL was really, really great. I haven't gotten to check that out. But uh, Dave Meltzer put that show over as it was the best show of the year so far. So I'm going to check that out and see see what that's all about. But uh, outside of that, nothing really, man. Just gonna watch that stuff, I guess. Well, good. You know, uh, I think with that, we uh, we had a good comeback show, you know. Um, let's hope that it's in the level of Bill Goldberg, where he came back, beat Brock Lesnar, and then won the title at WrestleMania after beating Kevin Owens for no reason. Yeah. You know? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say this. Kevin Owens has been on fucking fire in the ring recently. This man is working his ass off. That match he had against Austin Theory was fucking great. I'm glad that uh, now that Triple H is there, they're letting him do more moves. And we're getting to see, like, Kevin Steen shit. Like, he's hitting the second rope, uh, like, that jump up moonsault again, which is every time he does it, it's fucking incredible. It's like, how does Yeah, that- because, you know, the other person that did that was Rob Van Dam, and somehow his fucking ass can do it. Like, could you imagine Dusty trying something like that back in his day? <laughs> Even a moonsault. It's no, like, this, baby. I'm going back towards the ground. <laughs> Too much gravity. Kevin Owens is on such a good run. Uh, the man needs a title. He, he deserves a title win at some point in the near future. But, uh, yeah, he's been on one hell of a run recently, especially with the uh, fight Owens fight being back in, in full full fruition. It's it's funny because two of my favorite highlights of the show, which should be no surprise to anyone who listens to this, has been Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens, and they've both been great as of late um so them back together as a tag team excited if that does happen well you know sammy and and kev just like the uh, three members of shield probably the whole four horsewomen 
they're probably some of the biggest prominent names from that generation. Uh, I, I guess I don't know what the fuck they're calling it. I think the the next era makes sense because they're NXT people, if you will. But uh, now they're some of the biggest people within uh, WWE just nowadays. So kudos to every single one of them, especially Sammy. He's a gem. Fucking looking like Owen Hart with the Nation of Domination, you know. <laughs> He's got that Wayne Gretzky flow, as Kevin Owens <laughs> so eloquent. Um, the uh, the the one match I want to see going forward, just real quick before we get out, I do want Kevin Owens versus Cody Rhodes. I don't know that we've ever gotten that proper, uh, but this version of Kevin Owens versus Cody Rhodes, I think they're especially knowing how much Dusty meant to Kevin. I think that could be a really really good fucking match with some cool stories told around it. So that's one I want to see in the very near future when, when Cody is healthy. Absolutely. All right. Well, sorry about that guys. My third decided to do that. I decided to talk, but anyways, we're done. Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people. Give many plugs, anything that you want to tell them, even if you want to tell them your secrets, (laughs) go for it. Goodbye. All the lovely people out there. Thanks for uh, listening to us ramble a bit. We uh, had three weeks to catch up on, so not the easiest thing in the entire world, but hopefully you enjoyed it. If you want to talk to me on Twitter at Chris R. Patton on Instagram uh, at uh, Christopher R. Patton, same on Facebook. Uh, look forward to hearing from you. And if you think that Bray Wyatt's the greatest and that I suck, let me know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everyone have a great weekend. Yep, you guys have a good time. Whenever you're listening to this, and we do this if you're a new listener, every week usually, unless we have a little hiatus, usually record this on Saturdays, get it out by Sunday or Monday, listen to it every week. You can find us on any downloadable platform like Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube Music. Uh, just, Just search on Google, find which one you want to listen to, whatever various downloadable platform you do. And just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. You'll find a bunch of options. And uh, thank you for all of our past listeners for listening to us. Sorry for the break. We got caught up, I think. And now we are ready for the future of pro wrestling. And maybe one of you listeners is the future of pro wrestling. If you are, don't be a dick. I think that's what we established today. Anyways, you guys have a good one. The Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. And as always, peace the funk out. Terry Funk, that is.